just trying to play Elden Ring and jerk off. It's a different chapter. to blow my brains out on the mic right now <laughs> because this is catching up on cinema a film analysis podcast recorded in an apartment with really noisy fucking neighbors upstairs the worst neighbors in the king county area uh, but yeah this is catching up on cinema my name's trevor he's kyle yeah. it's a film analysis podcast where we introduce each other to films uh, expand our cinematic horizons uh and in essence catch up on our cinema yes so it is the month of march 2022 and uh, this is I don't give a fuck March. Yeah, marching we, on. Yeah, we are marching on through March because uh, you know the state of the world is not fantastic at the moment. We're both really fucking tired. And it's the worst weather in every, just pretty much every place. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a gloomy state of affairs right now. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're not really doing a theme this month. We're just kind of winging it, watching uh, from shit. Week. Yeah, we're just watching some shit and talking about it. So uh, this week. Uh, Kyle has the pick, and uh, thankfully you don't—you're not stuck with just me this week. Uh, so of course you get the both of us together. But Kyle, uh, what did you pick for us to review this week? Uh, this is a movie I've had on the back burner for a long time. I've wanted you to watch. Uh, this is Alpha Dog from 2006, uh, directed by Nick Cassavetes, uh, son of famous director, uh, I believe John Cassavetes. Correct. Yes. Uh, yes. This is a this is a fun movie. Uh, it's a real uh, wow these people are fucking stupid incredibly stupid and it's very entertaining yeah I'm not sure what you would would refer to this as in terms of genre because it's it's like a little bit of a crime caper a little bit of a heist I get or kidnapping I guess Um, but it's specifically specifically targeted around dumb people making increasingly dumb decisions Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a certain type, there's a certain brand of Schadenfreude that that you you get from that as a viewer. Um, like the first movie that came to mind when I thought of this subgenre was uh, Pain and Gain. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bay's Pain and Gain, uh, which is a hideous film to look at in a lot of ways, as are a lot of other Michael, Michael Bay, Bay films. <laughs> uh, however, like I, it's a film that I actually legitimately like. Like yeah. I actually do get a lot of enjoyment from it because Michael Bay has a, he views the world through an exceedingly cynical lens. Mm-hmm. Like he does, ha- he has zero faith in humanity, <laughs> in particular the citizens of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true yeah. Of Miami Dade County, um, and as such, he he he's kind of like the perfect guy to to frame a story around dumb people doing mm-hmm. dumb things, and and as such, that movie is essentially like a, a kidnapping caper movie uh, as carried out by a, a bunch of fucking idiots mm-hmm. um and the 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 humor that comes out of those those increasingly dark circumstances of characters find them in is is very unique and i kind of got a similar type of enjoyment out of this movie mm-hmm. in fact the way i thought of it was it's it's secretly kind of brilliant in its in its dumbness yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sort of sense yeah 
Um, I chose this because I, I watched this a lot when I was younger, and it was one of those around the time when I was watching like Smoking Aces, which is fucking terrible. So I kind of misremember this movie being kind of silly, kind of stupid. But I gave it a rewatch. I'm like, this is actually pretty good. It's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, I, I'm actually really glad that you had me watch this one because folks at home, you're you're not aware of this, but but Kyle has been teasing me with this one for a mm-hmm. while. Like he he always advertised it as a movie about dumb people making dumb choices. Um, but you know, if you're in the mood for that sort of thing, this this will definitely scratch that itch. Yeah. Um, but this was a movie that I only knew like I didn't even know it by reputation. I only knew it via television trailers, like commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, and just going by that, I was like, that looks fucking just terrible like that doesn't look like it has any redeeming value to it whatsoever but when you when you actually sit down and you actually watch it it it's a well put together film with actually a lot of winning performances like everybody shows the fuck up everybody yeah even uh even fucking bruce willis who that was was a big shock crazy it's crazy (laughs) it's amazing i was like oh if i forgot bruce willis is in this movie i'm like hang on He's trying. Yes. That's shocking. And and Sharon Stone, no, notorious for being exceedingly difficult on the set of any production, she she puts in some work. Well, I was going to say, Casino, the manic energy that she brings to that, like, you could, this is a good role for her, a mom who's lost, like, her, whose son is missing. So, yeah, it, it works out pretty well. Uh, you might as well just give the cast uh, rundown real quick before we jump into the plot because I'm, everybody that's been in a movie is in this movie. Yeah, so folks at home, like it needs to be said, this movie came out in 2006. It's mm. reasonable to think it was shot in 2004, 2005, around there. Um, and holy fucking shit, uh, by today's standards in particular, this is a stacked fucking cast. Very stacked. Um, maybe not so much at the time. A lot of these people were nascent in their, their careers yeah. as, as like you know, big name actors and whatnot. But just to give us the rundown, uh, we have Emil Hirsch, mm-hmm. uh, who is not especially active these days, um, but did kind of come into his own as as a dramatic actor. Um, funny enough, there's a little bit of a connection here where uh, mm-hmm. our next build actor here, Ben Foster, yes. Ben Foster, who I, I, I think we both generally like. Yes, yes, very um, much. The two of them were in Lone Survivor together. Ah. Uh, Peter Berg's Lone Survivor. This movie has some Peter Berg energy yeah, to it. It does. <laughs> it does, very much. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I can't put my finger on it, but there is there is some Peter Berg energy. <laughs> Who's the other? Uh, Ayer. Um, oh, David Ayer. David Ayer is the other one. Yeah, I mean, you Smoking Aces. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and uh, Joe Carnahan is the other one that I kind of lump in there. But Peter Berg is the most extreme... Ex- no, Air, I think, is the most extreme from an aesthetic level, mm-hmm. for whatever flavor it is that I'm trying to describe here. Berg has the most attitude. Like, he's he's the most in-your-face about it. He only makes movies about great Americans. Kyle. Yeah. Like, this is, this is known. If it doesn't have great Americans in it, Not it, touching it, it's, it. He's, he has no interest in that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Joe Carnahan's the one that people sleep on, like, because he he's kind of had an on-and-off, like, rhythm to his career lately. Who did Warrior? Uh, that was uh, a different guy. I'm trying to remember his name, actually. I can't think of his name. I'll have to look it up while we're talking here, but yeah. we'll come back to that, because mm-hmm. he is a different person. Uh, he also did Miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually quite like him as a director for the most part. Um, anyway, uh, Ben Foster is also in the cast here. Again, 2006 wasn't wasn't like a, a frontline actor. like He wasn't a, a headline-type guy yet, but mm-hmm. I've always liked him. We have Justin Timberlake, who... 
is doing a good job in this movie. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it helps that he's, you know, playing in an enthusiastic moron. Cock, you got cocky, enthusiastic well, idiot. Well, because, like, he has a tendency to mug a little bit. Like, you can tell he's trying to direct the camera to himself a little bit, but it fits the character. Very much. So it, any weaknesses in his performance end up just being translated as he's that character. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, in 2006, where was he at in terms of his music career? Because he was definitely... He's about to be on top of the world. I was about to say, I think this was before that. This was... He's about to be God, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, the timing was exceptional. And then we also have a very young Anton Yelchin, or Yelkin, mm-hmm. uh, who Kyle and I both spotlit a long time ago. Also, I think in March. Yeah. Uh, maybe last year. We called it Moving On March. Yeah. Where we uh, spotlit actors who had recently passed away or had passed away. Rather. Some morose month for us. <laughs> yeah, apparently March is like a, a dumpy time in the Pacific Northwest. It really is. You're just you're fucking done with winter. You're like, just give us some sun at this point. Yeah, I mean, we got cherry blossoms right now, but the weather is. Don't be tricked by those cherry blossoms, folks. You get those cherry blossoms, you still have a month and a half, maybe two months of dreary weather. Yeah, no, it, we have cherry blossoms, but no weather to accommodate visiting said cherry blossoms. No. So it, it is kind of a, a morose time mm-hmm. out here. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned, uh, our two veterans, Sharon Stone and Bruce Willis, both putting in work. Um, we also have a fun casting connection here where our director, Nick Cassavetes, was in a little film called Face Off mm-hmm. uh, with Dominique Swain. I don't believe they ever shared any screen time no. with each other in that film, but fun casting connection. Uh, we also have a very young Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm. um, Harry Dean Stanton, yes. uh, who is always cast as Harry Dean Stanton. In fact, he gets a little bit of singing in in this movie. A little I'll, bit, yeah. Just a little bit before he's, you know, ushered out of the room. We have a very young Amber Heard very, as well. Yeah. Very young Amber Heard. I to, didn't realize it was her. To the point that I, I had to look it up. I was yeah. like, is that her? I had the exact same. I'm like, is that Amber Heard? Yeah. That's... Yeah, something about the way she's shot or lit or something. Like, her bone structure just wasn't registering different. 100%. But... Um, and then also, like, just a fun little factoid for me, um, we have uh, pro boxer, uh, former junior middleweight champion of the world, Fernando Vargas, uh, mostly known uh, as uh, involved in a lot of fights of the year. Like, he had a lot of really, he had some bangers on his resume. Ike Corte was, was a phenomenal fight. Uh, he had a, a really awesome slugfest with Felix Trinidad, which he lost. Uh, he also had a great contest with Oscar De La Hoya, which he lost. Um, and then shortly after this film's release, he would go on a three-fight losing streak and retire. Gotcha. So not a happy time <laughs> for Fernando Vargas aside from this movie. Uh, so this, as far as I understand, the release day of this movie fell at, like I think, like his first retirement. It was the in-between time ah. when he was considering coming back, and then he did, and that... It didn't work out. If you want to look up uh, Faces of Swollen Boxers, he's one of your first Google search results. I think it was after one of his Shane Mosley fights. His one eye just uh, coming out exploded. Looks like an elephant man. Yeah. Yes, he looked like the fucking elephant man. But um, I see here uh, Lucas Haas. Kyle, who is Lucas Haas? Lucas that na- Haas. That name seems very familiar to me. But Lucas Haas. I don't really... Oh, oh, it's the man who saved yes. the world in in Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks, yeah. Yes, he he is the savior to humanity, Lucas Haas, he is. <laughs> yeah, he comes in at the end. Yeah. A um, few other people. Uh, we have Sean Hattesey, uh, who plays the biggest piece of shit in this movie. <laughs> uh, Christopher Rodriguez Marquette, who was in um, The Girl Next uh, Girl Next Door with Emile Hirsch. Yes, And Paul yes. Dano. I don't... I remember... 
I don't remember really liking that movie too much. I remember like two parts where I laughed, and that was it. I don't really. It, was, it wasn't really a comedy. Yeah, I, I I think it gets too dark because the the handler guy shows up. Yeah, yeah, it, it gets a little rough there. Yeah. So it's it most of my memories of that one are of the scary bits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Olivia Wilde is also in here. Yeah, I forgot that one. Uh, yeah, she's. This is like really really early. She's on naked. One. That she gets naked. There's there's some naked stuff in here. Yeah. Uh, and there was other other heavy hitters. Apparently Holt McCallany is in this. He is. I didn't notice him. I'm yeah. surprised because I always, every time I see Holt, I go, oh, hey. <laughs> That's two people from uh, Mad Men. Because the other person from Mad Men is uh, Vincent Cathizer. I've never really said his like I he's Pete from Mad Men. Uh, oh okay. Yeah. With one of the most impressive character arcs in uh in TV history, I'd say. He, you wanna, you wanna bash his head into the wall during that most of that show, but he actually redeems himself throughout the throughout the show. Surprisingly. Well, if you take out that last part, that kind of describes most of the characters in this movie. <laughs> he surprisingly is one of the more respectable characters. <laughs> okay. Well, Kyle, would you care to give us a plot rundown for Alpha Dog? Yes. Well, I, I do want to just preface this by saying this is based off of a true story. Yes. Uh, and what little research I did of this, um, it is pretty accurate to what actually happened. Um, and to note another thing is that the people in this story in the story are supposed to be pretty young like 19 to 21 ish like right around that age range yeah um actually that's one of the more interesting things about watching this movie is because um i guess this is an important thing to air out right here now is uh, your your connection to this movie kyle because like i think that viewing this movie at different times in your life produces different reactions to it. Mm -hmm. Because as a young person, I could see maybe more readily identifying with certain characters in the cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as an adult, the lens is pulled all the way back, and you're like, oh, every choice being made here by every character, especially some of the parents, are fucking terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I was in high school when I saw this uh, for the first time, and uh, like I kind of identified with Zach uh, Anton Yelkin's character, like kind of overbearing parents, but uh, also just like, like, what is adulthood going to be like? So I'm like, what, what's it going to be like when I get out of the house? And I'm like, you see this, I'm like, oh wow, like, it's scary out there. I'm Xing right now. <laughs> I can't understand a word you're saying, Kyle. <laughs> Fuck. End scene. <laughs> uh, folks at home, if you're not aware, that's a line delivered by one of the parents in this film. Yeah. Uh, and then they slam the door in the face of their own child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's that kind of movie, but. I think it's telling that uh, one of our characters, Emil Hirsch, uh, has a Scarface poster. Yes. Yeah. Um, the 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 uh, beacon of dumbassery. Uh, if you see it on a wall, go ahead and leave. Yeah, I'm really happy that I have an older brother who has his head on his shoulders. Yeah. Like, he's got his head on straight. Because I remember being pretty young, like maybe in my late teens, early 20s or something, and him pointing out that, like, yes, Scarface is a really fun movie. It's, it's also not. dumb as yes. shit, and it teaches you exactly how to lead a terrible life. Yes. Um, not a lot of people got that memo no. because I remember I remember when you know GTA Vice City and San Andreas, maybe even GTA Three were like the hot new games on the PS2, mm-hmm. and you know there's some people that really think Scarface is a way to live your life. It's really And not. they are 100% serious in that in their viewpoint on, on, on that film. From what I've gathered from, you know, popular culture, it's never a good idea to start selling cocaine. 
No, Kyle. <laughs> Absolutely that. not. There's never a good time to do that. If you're lucky, you make enough money to get out in time. Yeah, and, and you know, Kyle has he has some feelings on it. At least the first ten minutes of it, but the uh, the Irishman mm, uh, is first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so folks at home, Kyle has an issue with the uh, the de aging CGI technology used in. In uh, the Irishman, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Yeah, I can't do it. Um, he 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 has tried multiple times. Like God bless him. Uh, it that's a tall order to to be to be asked to to view a film more than once, and he just can't get through it. But uh, I will say this much: I think it's a very good film, uh, deserving of a place in the Criterion Collection. Um, and I think it's really astounding that uh, kind of the guy who popularized the the organized crime, mm-hmm. like Italian mafioso drama kind of ushered it out yeah. <laughs> like like it's kind of cool that he lived long enough and kind of re-examined his his own his own contribution to the arts and recognized that oh there needs to be a capper to that story because there is an yeah. additional chapter that we don't always see and and that movie is that well the sopranos are the answer to like what are they doing now yes yeah it's like what, what are they up to now like you who's gonna cover the Italian mafia at this point what's the point it's been covered they've done he's they're done all it podcasters to- now <laughs> <laughs> successful podcasters it's been done it's been looked at from every point of view <laughs> there's no reason to revisit it yeah so the guy who gave birth to the thing at least in the modern era kind of killed it he took it out back and he shot it he even produced a show that uh, that uh, gave birth to the five families. He <laughs> the, the show ends on uh, Lucky Lu, uh, I can't think it was Lucky Luciano. Yeah, Lucky Luciano saying there's need to be five families. That's the last episode. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire, if you were curious. I do need to watch that eventually. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, you, Kyle's talked that one up quite a bit. But um, anyway, uh, like I said, I think looking at this movie from the perspective of a teenager and as an adult, especially, I can't emphasize enough. Like, I, I guess like a. a typical male like anyway uh this is a very male-centric movie in in the ugliest of ways in fact the the title is very much pointing you in that direction that this movie might deal with toxic masculinity just a little bit it's kind of underscored by the stupidity of the characters but toxic masculinity is it is the it's the bottom line of this film no there's the reason it opens the way it does yeah um, anyway, Kyle, the you, plot. Yeah, the plot. <laughs> uh, so the plot is a, a group of rich kids who are dealing drugs in the San Fernando Valley uh, end up getting into a tiff with a drug dealer, like an associate drug dealer of theirs. They steal his brother over a sum of allegedly twelve hundred dollars, <laughs> uh, and they are basically holding him ransom, kind of. They're kind of holding him ransom, uh, and it takes them the entire film. To figure out, like when they're being arrested, that what they did was really a bad choice and a huge deal. Yeah, Mary Miss Absent Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, do you want to go ahead and jump in? We can jump in here. Absolutely. So the, uh, I just want to touch on. So we we kind of open up with this home video footage, uh, mostly of uh, I believe Anton, actually Anton Yelkin. I believe so. And Ben Foster's in here as too, in here as well. Yeah. Um, who is Jewish? I believe in real life because he looks like he's doing his bar mitzvah at, at one of the videos. But how sad was it kind of watching this now that Anton is is passed away? I mean, it's it's a bummer every time you see him on film because you, the talent's on the screen. Like, there's a reason why he was, I think, the subject of two films last year. Mm-hmm. Like, like we we talked about more than one of his films. I think his end scene with Justin Timberlake, it 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 gets me. It, it it's really good. 
There's, put a pin in that because okay. there is a caveat that comes with that. Mm. And it comes in the form of technology. Yeah. The performance is there on the set, live in front of the camera. The technology backing that scene Touché. is a little rough. <laughs> and it really does rob it of some impact. <laughs> it, it does a little bit, but I, I still think it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, we'll get but there. I'm sorry. I was. Folks, I, I, I have nonlinear editing software, <laughs> I've, I've, I've cut together some short films. I have done better chroma keys than this. I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit Star Trekky. Um, <laughs> you think <laughs> that is a styrofoam rock formation, sir? Uh, so yeah, we get this uh, interview. So it's we're basically like this is not going to have a happy ending from the opening credits. No. You can tell already. Um, and then we get an interview with uh, Bruce Willis uh, in his home, and he's talking to a camera guy, and he's kind of standoffish, kind of a dick uh, to him. And we get a sense that there's something that's happened to his son, uh, which is Johnny True Love, or Johnny Hollywood, I think was his name in real life. True Love was a, was a step up. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, basically it's just like, yeah, I don't... Uh, he's, like, did my, he's like, did my son... Uh, was my son a drug dealer? No. Did he sell a little pot? Yeah. Okay. Big deal. I, and when I was watching this as a kid, I'm like, well, that's drugs. Now as an adult, I'm like, that's not that big a deal, bro. Yeah, I, <laughs> I may as well ask this now. Yeah. So, so the reactions to to the pot smoking in this movie, we don't really see any harder drugs than that in this movie for no, the most part. There are no other hard drugs. Yeah, it, it's just pot. Yeah. I mean, remember, folks at home, it, like regardless of the age of the actors in this movie, you need to remember that these these are supposed to be teenagers. These are yeah. Some of these are high schoolers. I'm yeah. Pretty so, sure. so pot to them is you know big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm I'm curious. Like, this shows my ignorance, I guess. Um, Oh, the reactions to the pot smoking are they exaggerated in this movie because like do people get stumble bumble like off of hitting a hitting a, a bong yeah they oh, do yeah. Like, like this like in this movie yeah man you can <laughs> you can fuck around and find out <laughs> yeah weed, weed can be very strong and you can very much overdo it uh, okay yeah, okay. yeah I, was, I was just curious because like there is quite a bit of in, indulgence in this film I, there's I mean uh, Partaking, rather, to use to use proper etiquette and if, protocol here. You can get into an edible spiral, and you can be you can be having a bad time. Uh, so yeah, you can definitely get uh, stumbly off of some weed. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we uh, we get to the boys are just working out. We go to a true love's house, and the boys are just working out in the garage. And this is where we kind of uh, understand the dynamic. We get the dynamic of the crew. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm going to have a lot of trouble uh, with character names, so like, forgive me if I end up using uh, actors' names in place of them. But um, our 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 axe man, our uh, our guy who is uh, kind of under Johnny's thumb, uh, Elvis. The, Elvis. 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 Okay, so Elvis is probably the character that gets the most play in this this uh, garage sequence here. So we're all hanging out in the garage, we're blasting hip hop, um, everybody's working out. Uh, Justin Timberlake is in the room. He's covered in tattoos and stuff. Um, but this Elvis character, very quickly, um, like the scene kind of devolves from just like a friendly workout session to um, we start to uncover that, uh, oh, like he, he's somehow indebted to Emil Hirsch's Johnny True Love here. Yeah. Um, and the dynamic shifts like instantly, mm-hmm. where this becomes a dispute where uh, Emil Hirsch is kind of bullying him a little bit verbally who is the shortest person in this crew by the way yes no yeah he is diminutive 
Yes. Like, like he's like five four or something. Yeah. Like five three maybe. <laughs> like he, he is he is a tiny man. Yeah, I, think, I think he's five seven, but like compared to these other guys, he's yeah, he's much smaller. <laughs> he he is up to Olivia Wilde's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively and literally. Yeah. Um but he's he's kind of bullying Elvis here and I think the, the words exchanged are like I was paying you for a full day. Yeah. Like it's the sun's still up. Why aren't you still out there? And I'm guessing this is him. He's a dealer for him. Is what I got from that. Yeah. Um, we, we probably just did what uh, Smokey did in Friday. He's like he bought the weed from Big Worm, and uh, smoked it all and didn't sell any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they they give him shit and they're like, get the fuck out of here. Go clean the dog shit out of the yard. Um, and then we have a, a meeting with a drug dude. Uh, who I wish was Lachlan Monroe, uh, the you know the crazy dude from Scary Movie, the oh, oh the loud guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this would have been kind of a fun. So, f- folks, this guy looks. He looks like Ron Perlman and Jake Busey had a baby in a lab somewhere. He looks like Jake Busey on meth. I think that's the best way to put and it. And he talks like Nick Chinlin. <laughs> yeah, he, he talk. <laughs> he, he smokes a little bit. <laughs> this guy, judge, like no judgment. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but this man's bone structure and, and his voice suggest this is not a man you want to turn your back to. No, like I, this, this is not a guy who says, "Come take a ride," and you take a ride. You know, you 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 find a way out of that. You want to take a ride. This is a guy who has shown up to parties that I've been to, <laughs> <laughs> and I decide to leave very shortly well, thereafter. Night's done. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're we're getting. Uh, so Johnny is, uh, I guess the he's the main supplier. So he has all these foot guys that are dealing, and he's just like, yeah, I don't really like having that much stuff out. Like he's kind of you know. Kind of showing his power with this guy. He's like, yeah, I don't want to have stuff out, and if I'm going to give you this much, I don't want to come. You don't want to be in my debt, basically, because I'll make you clean dog shit out of the backyard. Yeah, <laughs> that's his punishment. <laughs> what a Mickey Mouse operation. Um, clown shoes. Clown shoes. But yeah, he he goes and talk. Uh, he's like, yeah, I think it'll be good. We can do this. And uh, Emil goes to talk to his dad at the baseball field, who is Bruce Willis, and come to find out his dad has some kind of connections, uh, possibly mafia-related, who knows. Uh, but he's basically the supplier. He's the one that is the... He's the one that communicates and gets it for his son. Yeah, and and we've he's, had two... He's, he's very keen on emphasizing, like, anything that comes down on you, son. Mm-hmm. That's you. That's on you. That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, we've had two gay bashings, by the way. We're ten, not even ten minutes into the film. I've just got to mark gay, gay, gay in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so folks at home... Bear, bear in mind, this this came out in 2006, but more importantly, the events of this true story uh, occurred in 1999, yeah. and all of our characters, for the most part, aside from the parents anyway, are teens, mm-hmm. male teens, that are in the drug dealing game. <laughs> um, there's a lo- There's a lot of verbiage that gets thrown around very casually by these characters that is not acceptable. But yeah, there is quite a bit of that in the first ten minutes of this movie. Well, it goes hand in hand with the toxic masculinity. Like, well, that's why I said the way the movie opens, the the opening montage over the credits, which is interminably long, by the way. It is very long. Yeah, yes, and not not the best somewhere over the rainbow I've heard. Dude, I, I was like, what the fuck is this song? She she's yeah. making her own song. Like it, she, the words are there, but the rhythm is she's just doing her own thing. Is crushed it. You can't there's no other rendition of yeah. that song that you can listen to. Yeah, is Kamaka Wi Ole. 
yeah. owns that fucking song. I was not even going to attempt to try to say that. That's okay. Well, that's why. That's why. That's why yeah. I get paid the big. I'm like, bucks. I know he knows who it is, so I'll let him take it. Yeah. No. Um, is totally crushed that song. Yeah. There, there basically is no better rendition other than maybe the original. Yeah. Um, but this one, <laughs> no. And it goes on. It's and like on, Sarah McLaughlin. It was almost like the dog commercials with Sarah McLaughlin singing over it. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah and coupled with the home movie footage, it, it's. In retrospect, it's like uh, it makes a nice little package where it's like, remember, these were all babies at mm-hmm. one point. All these people doing all these dumb things were babies. Yeah, um, innocence, I guess. But more importantly, uh, that first scene, the the documentary interview with Bruce Willis's character, the the father, yeah. <laughs> the father. <laughs> um, he, uh, every, everything he's saying, his attitude there, and then the fact that he's basically willing to throw his kid under the bus. Or not take any accountability for anything that happened. Uh, it tells you a lot about how he raised his son. Yeah. Um, and and that scene at the baseball field with Grandpa also, yeah. um, the exchange of dialogue between all of them and Grandpa kind of like the words Harry Dean Stanton's character who plays Emil Hirsch's Grandpa, like the words he's throwing at him. He's 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 kind of nudging him towards a, a darker path. Yeah. Um, so you can tell there was a lot of like toxic masculine pressure bearing down on this kid. Yeah, still a dumb kid that made a lot of dumb choices. But you know, sometimes you need to you need a hand uh, in order to think in order to rationalize those dumb choices. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we get uh, we go from there. Well, we get the drop off. Some hippie <laughs> comes up and just. Uh, Mueller just goes into a convenience store. The guy just puts the stuff in the trunk. It was pretty smooth the way he does it. I was like. Why did he shut it all the way? I'm like, oh, he left the keys. He left the keys in the trunk. Uh, cops roll by. Emil Hurst, his stupid fucking smirk. Like, oh, you, oh gosh. Yeah, and his uh, facial hair. Yeah. And his ball cap. <laughs> his, his Dodgers cap or whatever. His sweatpants were... It was a bad time for fashion, but those sweatpants were absolutely terrible. Go back and just look at him walk into that store. You're like, oh, oh I, my gosh. I maintain that... It, I mean, I'm biased because I've only existed across how many decades? Like, since the late 80s. But um, I maintain that, like, the late 90s, early 2000s were maybe the most hideous mm-hmm. fashion periods I've I've seen firsthand. Without question. Yeah, okay. We're glad to hear that. <laughs> early ni- There's a reason why the early 90s... There's a reason why Jinkos are not coming back back like the early 90s is really in style here right now jingles are not coming back yeah and mid 90s is is gaudy and audacious but it's endearing Mm because it's because it's stupid in like in like a cute kind of sitcom-y sort of way yeah where it's like oh that's cute they didn't know any better but but like late 90s early 2000s is like barf it's just like okay we're wearing pants made of garbage bag material everything has an exposed midriff yeah (laughs) the millennium (laughs) it was bearing down on us it was bearing down on us (laughs) we get our drop off and then we meet jake mazursky uh my i think my favorite line of his in the movie (laughs) uh so jake comes by they're having a get together uh it's very important that we uh, have a music video of uh uh, a couple fellows prior to the song kicking in shooting a guy at a basketball court yeah really horrendous digital squib by the way (laughs) it's really bad to the point that i was like is is that the movie it like, is this really happening? Is this, like, actually supposed to what, be what a shooting looks like in the universe of Alpha Dog? And I was like, oh, it's a music, it's a video, music video. And a really low-budget one at that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Jake comes by and, uh, well, he, let's see, we have the house party. 
we hang out we hang out with the, the group again this is where we get that dynamic again yeah this, yeah. Is, this is the suck my d scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes this is very uncomfortable <laughs> you think so yeah we're having we're just having a house party we just got a couple ladies we got the boys uh jt jt's kind of funny hitting the hitting the pipes like i was like i <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah um, kyle wouldn't have seen it but uh the nsync appearance on the simpsons has a pretty good running gag with with Justin Timberlake where he has no dialogue basically they just do dance moves with like the beats of one of their songs playing and then they do a close up of him saying word (laughs) (laughs) and that's his only contribution to the episode just word (laughs) it's not bad for a Simpsons episode it's pretty good Um, it's the Yvonne et Niage episode folks uh, but the good time devolves into them picking on Elvis again Um, yeah who does have kind of a weird energy towards uh, Johnny. Like He does. Actually, Elvis I found endlessly fascinating mm-hmm. uh, because I've known Elvis. Gotcha. Like, like, this is a conversation that we were having off mic, uh, Kyle and I, was uh, like, have you touched this world? Mm-hmm. Um, so we should probably sort that out because like, I've, I've touched this world, but I've always been in the other room gotcha. or left early. Yeah. So... I never, I didn't really, ming, I didn't really intermingle with it, but I, I certainly was, was around this kind of stuff every once in a while. But this guy, this Elvis character, I have known this guy, and and uh, loyalty is is at, at the top of his pyramid in terms of priorities. I've uh, pardoned, and it's scary. <laughs> I've definitely been around some pieces of shit in my day. I definitely had one acquaintance who uh, had a stranger come to a party who was completely nice. The guy was completely nice. And he tried to make him do push-ups. He's like screaming at him to get on the ground and do push-ups. Yeah, that was just that was just one time over there at his place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that happens like in in these circles every once in a while. There's there's these weird dynamics that form where, like, I, I knew a guy in college that uh, like his his best buddy from high school, uh, who apparently did some time at one point or another. Uh, he showed up like towards the tail end of our time in college and uh, he got overly rowdy at a party and they had he had to put him in like a standing guillotine and Oof. and bite him on the bridge of the nose like a my 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 roommate did this to this guy that's fucking weird and then in the morning they had cheerios together Damn. that was their dynamic <laughs> i was like that ain't gonna work but okay uh, I don't know if they're still tight, but apparently, like through the years, that was their that was their thing. It's like we they we'd party too hard, and one of them would have to choke the other one out and bite them. For some reason, Brokeback Mountain when uh, he gets into a fist fight with Jake Gyllenhaal, like like after they've done stuff, it's just like oh, that's a that's a weird relationship that they're carrying on at this point. Yeah. Not not to say anything like that, but it's just, no, I don't no, know why that popped in my head. No, it, but the dynamics between people are very fascinating, especially when when like masculine loyalty is involved. Yeah. Uh, because th- there are certain people, mafia types especially, where things like that are, are placed at the top of the pyramid. It results in some questionable decision-making sometimes. Same guy. Uh, his buddy, who's a good friend of his, got a beer bottle smashed on the front of his face, bloodied up, not knocked, got knocked out. He proceeded to beat the ever-living shit out of that guy and put him in the hospital. So, yeah. 
Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Elvis. Let's, yeah. Elvis is a bitch. Uh, <laughs> in the movie, this in this movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Elvis they, has got no place else to go. They are picking on. Yeah, he's got no place else to go. <laughs> they are picking on him like crazy. But yeah, Jake Brzezinski comes in, uh, who is a Jewish neo-Nazi, from what I gathered in this film. That's what I gathered. Yes, yeah. like uh, yeah. like uh, uh, Ryan Gosling in The Believer. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he was Jewish the whole time. Um, so yeah, he takes him uh, into the back and they're having a talk. And he's like, yeah, so remember that thing I was supposed to take care of you? It fell through. Um, before this, Jake goes to... I forgot. I was like, Jake needs 800 bucks. What's he need 800 bucks for? He's at the house. He goes to visit his dad. Yeah, our introduction to, to Jake Mazursky. 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 <laughs> enunciated yeah. perfectly. Yes. Um, Jake Mazursky's introduction is him just crashing down the streets of the suburbs in, in his beater-ass car um, and pulling up to a lovely home, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess his... Uh, it's, his your, dad, it's his dad and stepmother. So that, that's what I get. Anton yeah. Yelkin is his... Zach is his half-brother. That's right. Yes. That's what I figured. It, it sound, The way they talked about Sharon Stone's character, it sounded like she was a recent addition to the family. Yeah. Um, so his father, Butch, by the way, yeah, <laughs> he fucking does not butch. look like a butch. He looks like Harold. He looks kind of like Harold Ramis. He does. Yeah. he really does. Um, I don't know this actor's name, but I remember him from a uh, an ill-fated uh, PC game called Ripper, mm. um, which had it was a FMV game. So all the all the characters in it were live actors filmed on a stage, kind of like a Mortal Kombat game. Uh, Christopher Walken was in there. John Reese Davies was in there, hmm. and this guy was in there as well as the guy from Warriors. I forget his name, but Sully from Commando. The little bitty guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this guy was in there as a hacker. <laughs> so Bush was in Ripper. Uh, look it up, folks. It's fucking hilarious. It, it's it is an artifact from a bygone age. Anyway, uh, he just kind of jumps into the house, and they, you can tell that this is a thing because mm. they have no reaction. Like, yeah. like he just like runs into the kitchen and sits down for dinner and this begins a trend of I gotta talk to you for a minute <laughs> like, hey can I, can I talk to you alone for a minute like this happens like three four different times in the movie where somebody shows up in a casual circumstance and then like just has to like say can we go over there <laughs> to like talk about some other shit <laughs> now there is no other drug use besides weed in this movie um that we actually see on screen on screen on screen jake is a tweaker like he, he's very much a tweaker <laughs> you think uh, ben foster does a great job but yeah he basically is asking his dad for 800 bucks he's like i can't give you any more money it's not gonna happen um so we can kind of see that he's still kind of close with his his dad he's not crazy about sharon stone um, but he's really tight with uh, Zach, like his younger brother. Yes. Uh, and they kind of like, hey, won't you take me with you? He's like, you know what? Just call me later. You know, like they're they're tight. They they keep you know they keep in touch. Then Jake goes over to the house party. Yes. Uh, come to find out, yes, his deal fell through, uh, and he's just like, whatever he offers to Johnny is just not gonna work. And uh, Johnny just attacks him with a belt. And Jake says to him, he's like, don't, I'm not one of your little your little friends. Don't talk to me like that. And they get into it. This was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's great. It's, this, 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 is, this is fucking incredible. What's the move? It's called a kip-up, The kip-up out of the fucking table? Oh. I, I, I was giddy as a schoolboy. I was like, oh! 
I, I'm like, I'm like, there are two specific scenes that Trevor's gonna enjoy in this you, movie. You, you know me, yeah. you know me too well, girl. Because yes, absolutely. I was just, I was laughing so hard because I was like, it's so funny. where the fuck did that? Come it's an from? incredible kip up. It out is of, it, out of a broken table. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ben Foster takes a table bump. He goes through a, a glass table and he does a fucking kip up. Yeah. Yes, Ben Foster can do a kick, kip up. He has also done some taekwondo. Yeah. Very obvious by how capable he is at doing some spinny kicks. Fantastic. <laughs> he is up. fucking incredible. I didn't know he could That's do that shit. This is secretly one of Ben Foster's best performances. It kind of ends. Yeah, it's pretty it kind of ends because he's always he's always been really good at being kind of prickly and big mm-hmm. which is why i don't think he gets leading man roles all the time but he's really good at at, at fitting into that slot like he's, he's usually good if you put him in the right role uh he's like uh, for me i think he, he's really good as a quiet heavy uh him in uh 310 to yuma yes. like he's like kind of the side guy but he's like the most capable and kind of kind of like the um he's really good in hell or high water also i still have not watched that i've heard uh, good things similar role gotcha. um He's also, uh, I really liked him in, I think it's called The Program. It's the Lance Armstrong movie. He, oh, was, he was really, really good. good. I need to watch Equal, is it uh, Equilibrium? <laughs> the space movie? Is that what it is? Equilibrium is Christian Bale Not doing equi- gun fu. He's doing gun kata. What, what is the, the it's, it's got Dennis Quaid. Oh my God. Keep going. I'll look it up. Uh, Frequency? <laughs> <laughs> the movie where we have a time-traveling radio? No. And a man's hand melts melts away because he lost a hand in the past, and now we're in the future? No. That movie's that. fucking incredible, Kyle. We should watch that. But like, it's not Vivarium. It's got Jesus talking to Dennis Quaid through a radio. I, I've seen it a few times. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> Obviously. Mostly for that bit where the dude's hand gets blown off. <laughs> that is pretty good, yeah. Pandorum is what I'm thinking Oh, of. that is a someday, Kyle. Okay. I, you have, have you seen it? No. Neither have I. But okay. I've always wanted to because remember when we did a review of Doomsday? Yeah. I was like, that is a good package deal. Like, those Doom. movies have similar vibes. And we were doing a lot of that in that era of the 2000s. Like, we had, like, Doom and Resident Evil mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like... like sticky monster movie like like butt rock movies or, or like uh, new metal movies it, it was part of the new metal movie me- like movement <laughs> i might watch this with some ramen tonight actually that seems like a don't good... you fucking dare <laughs> like we have to we have to save that for the podcast <laughs> hey you've got another pick this month we're doing pandora we're doing pandora <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh so excited but yeah so uh yeah, emil hirsch throws a fucking belt around yeah. the back of his neck that's not the way okay first of all Never, ever attack somebody who is on some kind of amphetamine. That's the last thing you want to do. They're going to out-energy you, no matter what. (laughs) Unless they are on... They will out-cardio you. Unless they are on the come down and they are on the couch dying, basically, where they're just like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) If they're up, do not do that. No, they will get squirrely on you. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a Friday again. He's like, they have a crackhead who who runs around and he's like... Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to chase him. He's like, yeah, you're not going to catch a crackhead. 
It's not gonna happen. But yeah, Emil Hirsch throws this belt around. He throws a belt loop around around Jake Mazursky's Maz- neck, and he he wrenches him down. And he puts him through a glass table. He yeah. does a headbutt and a kip up combo, and then he puts Emil Hirsch through a glass pane door. It's back out. Stop the damn match. <laughs> <laughs> it's caused my witness. He's broken in half. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then he's got Emil Hirsch's giant fucking head in the pool. And, uh, luckily, <laughs> he <does have> a- <laughs> he's got a big. I'm, I'm sorry. I like Emil Hirsch. That was mean. He's a, uh, he's a talented actor, but he is such a fucking prick in this movie. He is such a prick. Uh, but yeah, the sideburns and the and the and the not quite there mustache. It's bad. It's not it's good. Bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, but somehow the rest of the the rest of the party figure out that there's a commotion. Uh, I do like that they have to drag Olivia Wilde off of uh, Ben Foster. Um, but we do break this up, and this is. Basically, he's pointing a gun at him. He pulls out a gun. Yeah, Emil Hirsch does the oh-so-tough-guy thing of leaving the room with the assistance of his handlers. So, like, like yeah. he is only saved. Like, his head is in a pool. He's going to die. He is going to die. He is going the to The only die. reason he's not dead is because three or four people who are at the party come and wrench Ben Foster off of him. Mm-hmm. And then he, he leaves the room and comes back with a gun. It's like, oh, wow, that's 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 a tough guy move. You totally won that fight, Emil Hirsch. Totally. We all saw it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love this. This this is probably my favorite edit of the movie, the, the transition. It's pretty fucking great. You get uh, Ju- Justin Timberlake, again, who is good in this movie? Uh, he's just like, he was super stoned inside. He's drinking a beer. And he's just like, oh, man, like... Fuck, that was like scary, and I know what it's like to be super stoned and have like commotion like this. Your heart's just like up into your throat, and then it just like all comes down. Oh fuck! Transition to fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's brilliant. Like, yeah, there, this happens more than once in the movie. This is probably the first most obvious instance of it. It's just him alone after all the dust has settled. Just like fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and then he takes a swig of beer, and then bam. We're we're fucking we <laughs> Ben Foster immediately after getting his head put through a table and through a glass pane door. It, I guess he had to go home and, and Dude, get out some of that excess energy. He is still rolling, and yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta channel that somehow. And he is, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, this this woman, by the way, uh, she has a look to her that um, she's got some miles on her. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, she's got some miles. And this isn't even when she has the miles on her. Later, you get a, a shot of her. It doesn't look like she's in a good place these days. No, well, no, no, no. Filmed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we get uh, Zach has come in, and uh, he's hanging out with them at the table, and he's complaining about his helicopter mom. Um, and you can see, again, like, he's close with him. He's close with his brother. He really likes him. I mean, it's not good that he's, you know, super close with this guy. He is a loose cannon neo-Nazi. Yeah, um, uh, he has some paraphernalia on the walls. On his body. <laughs> on his body. Uh, on his person. Um, but yeah, he he has some Nazi shit hanging up in the kitchen. Yeah. Where you, you where you put those things, you know. I think he had a very troubled relationship with his mother. Uh, that's kind of what we're gathering here because he definitely has Hebrew tattooed on him and then he also has the lightning bolts or whatever those are. Yeah, there's some mixed messaging going on here. <laughs> and you should watch The Believer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like he's got, you got your little stress weed, um, but he ends up uh, hanging out with his brother and he takes him home, uh, super drunk. Why? Yeah. He does not know how to drive a car. Not recklessly. Yeah. We get a, we get a really awkward phone call too, where, Mm -hmm. uh, Sharon Stone is, she's a helicopter parent. Like Mm -hmm. she's, she's really passionate about watching over her kid and she actually calls Jake Mazursky's home, uh, to talk to her son and they, 
they kind of laugh it off because everybody in the room is super stoned yes. and or drunk. Um, and <laughs> this is where I noticed, like, so there there are quite a few uh, makeup effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, most noticeably on Bruce Willis. Uh, he has the hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, uh, he has a very obvious hair piece, but he also has, like, some age makeup, like, to give him, like, that kind of sleazy tan. Yeah. Um, and also some liver spots to make him look a little bit older. Um, but in addition to that, like Ben Foster is, he's supposed to be a tweaker yeah. and it, he looks at, yeah. um, like his face is kind of pockmarked. Like he has terrible complexion. Um, actually he, he was so thin in this movie that at times he didn't quite look like himself. Mm-hmm. Like he has that quality to him as an actor. He's a very physical guy, like mm-hmm. as evidence, especially in this role, but like he's, he's sucked in. Like yeah. there's a certain quality to his face that just looks different, but in this scene in particular maybe because of the actress or something like there's a a film that that covers these people throughout this movie that i i've i've noticed it in my in real life like being around certain people like at some of these parties and whatnot this it's like a a layer of grease that kind of covers covers people that i it's really uncomfortable and i always think of like misplaced priorities whenever i see that for some reason i don't know that's probably super judgy on my part but that's immediately what comes to mind yeah i don't think they're washing their faces no (laughs) no that that's that's what comes to mind is that like this is not on the list of priorities um anyway yeah they uh they careen down the streets of suburbia um, very nearly take out the mailbox and maybe even the front door Uh, but they do drop off a young anton yelchin Mm -hmm. um successfully nobody dies nobody on that dies. car ride <laughs> i'd call that a success so yeah now the whole johnny true love uh crew they are at the restaurant where jake's girlfriend works and they are just being absolutely awful they're ordering drinks they're being uh they're being obnoxious uh they're being rude to her um and basically uh true love takes the uh check and he's like oh, that's cool dad i got it and they hands it to her like hey make sure you tell jake we were here and i don't think they paid this tab and it's nope. a huge tab, basically. Yeah. No, there's a lot of people at that table. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're doing a dine... It's a, it's a dine and walk out. It's not a dine and dash. Yeah, uh, and they scrawl on the check, like, get your shithead boyfriend to pay for this, like, on her behalf. And he gives her a wink as he's leaving, so he knows he knows full on, like, he's doing a bad thing here. For sure. Uh, and then we get the... Uh, I don't think he... I don't know what his name was in the movie. He's just the weird guy. <laughs> um, he They basically cut to, like, him doing the interview later, and he yes. talks about how Jake ruined, like, a $30,000 insurance fraud scam that was going on. I It was, it was very... I couldn't understand what he was saying exactly, but it was something along those lines. Basically cost Johnny $30,000. Yeah, we, we start to add these these little asides into the movie that take place obviously in the future because yeah. nobody looks the way they do at present so this character the ron perlman and jake Busey hybrid yeah um he he now has black hair yeah he looks fucking terrible like that bad. by the way yeah um and we also see uh, jake's lady friend i think it's like helga or hilda or something mm-hmm. um she she's seen better days and is now like in what it looks like New York or something. Yeah. And she's rocking the Courtney Love look. Um, And we, we insert these every once in a while where it's these after the fact interviews Mm -hmm. where basically what we're, we're working towards here is that this, this exchange, this, this melee between Jake and Johnny uh, serves as a catalyst for much more grave circumstances down the road uh, to be revealed later. 
Yeah. So what uh, Johnny does to retaliate is he basically tells, um, uh, oh, God damn it, Ben Foster, um, Jake tells Jake's parole officer that he's gotten in trouble and then tells his boss basically. Yeah. Um, this scene is is intense. <laughs> this this scene as soon as I saw his boss I was like, "Oh, he's a stunt guy." Yeah. Like he has to be on the payroll as a stunt person because the way it plays out is like you couldn't just get any old actor to do that. You couldn't get Chris Pine to do this scene with Ben Foster like <laughs> at this stage of his career cuz this gets fucking aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he cuz basically he's like um, he's like I need you to take a piss test and he's just like I, I really need this job yeah and uh, he flips the fuck out and this dude does his, does a good job this dude's big like, this, this dude is, is Kane Hodder yeah basically. he's fucking huge <laughs> and he managed to Ben Foster probably weighs like 180 maybe 100. squirrely man squirrely I mean he's, <laughs> he has a lot of trouble getting him out of this door uh, and he's I will take you down to hell with me it's very intense yeah and the way they're going at it with each other you could tell they probably didn't do a whole lot of takes of this but they they went full blast yeah. Like, yeah. like this looked like a, a standing wrestling match like the, there is some clasping of the back of the hair and stuff like it looks rough that's why i say pretty sure this guy was just a stunt person because he only has a few lines of dialogue um and he looks like he can handle himself he's in Mad Men. Uh, really and i think he's in that boondocks boondock saints 2 as the oh FBI. he would fit right in, in a boondocks <laughs> speaking of which boondock saints 3 oh it, I hope I hope we get there eventually because oh, folks I can't wait. As far as I understand, it has been greenlit. We are looking forward to it. Probably not for the reasons, <laughs> not the reasons <laughs> the that mis- Troy Duffy wants us to. <laughs> but we are looking forward to it. Make that movie. Make it. Make, I will watch it twice. I will. I might even buy I will that. Buy that. I will shit. buy that shit. I will pay into that Kickstarter. <laughs> Anything we can do to keep that man making movies. <laughs> More Duffy. <laughs> More Duffy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I told him you go quietly. Uh, he does not go quietly from here. And then we get um, the home invasion with a couple other skinheads. Uh, this is terrifying, by the way. This is a nightmare. Yeah, the, the the way this sequence is staged is, I think, really telling. Like on the part of like what the messaging of the movie is intended to be. Because regardless of like like viewing it from what perspective, from what character, like oh, everybody's a fucking idiot in this movie. Um, Jake's a different. He's he's a little different. He actually, he he's he has a mission. Like mm-hmm. like he's focused. Yeah, he, John, Johnny True Love. He runs away from responsibility. He wants to be very hands off. Jake, at the very least, is involved with what he's doing. He's know? involved. He understands what he's doing. He wants to accomplish exactly. That goal. He's yeah. driven. Like, yeah. and he is involved in his own handiwork. Whereas Johnny just. Every chance he gets, he'll slip into the back and come back with a gun. He doesn't understand that his actions have consequences. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You know, you remind me of my first grandson. You don't think things through. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the staging of the scene, though, I think is very key because we get a reprise of, of what I said, of him coming back with a gun. Because mm-hmm. basically, he is keenly aware that his house is being broken into. I mean, they're making quite a ruckus. They're it, blasting it, death metal and breaking all the windows. In a quiet neighborhood. In like, a quiet neighborhood. I had anxiety watching this again. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's pretty intense. It's intense. Yeah, and they're they're smashing everything and they're calling him out and also like verbalizing that they are actively looking for him. This is terrifying, you yeah. know? Like to to have three armed people smashing he, your smashing your shit and calling you out basically. He tried to kill you when you tried to choke him with a belt. 
Like, now you've created real problems for him. Yeah, and he, to emphasize, he needed that job. He needed that job. Yeah, <laughs> he needed that job so bad he was willing to get into a wrestling match with Kane Hodder. <laughs> um, th- this is this is a man on a mission. Yeah. Um, and he brought a fucking sawed-off shotgun with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jake sits down to pop, he sits down to dump ass yeah, on, yeah. on the carpet because that's what you do classy yeah very classy but uh they steal uh johnny's tv it's a nice tv but there's this moment where johnny uh emil hirsch is in the bathroom and uh he has a handgun with him and he never makes his presence known he, mm-hmm. he hides in the shower he, he puts the gun at ready like he's he's pointing it in the general direction of the people that might be coming for him but he never encounters any of them face to face and they leave largely without incident but there's that moment where he seemingly makes eye contact with jake uh-huh. and jake just has an opportunity to come back and off him mm-hmm. and does it he gets back in the car and drives off but the next morning the way johnny explains what happened i think is very telling yeah because he lies he, he completely lies he says i wasn't even here yeah. like like all, all of his friends and handlers and stuff all of his dealer friends and stuff He's packing up to move because some bad people know where he lives and have broken in and smashed everything. Um, but he claims that he wasn't present for it and nothing could be done. It, it, would, it all happened with him not being aware of it. So it's it's him protecting protecting his masculinity, basically. Well, they are just up in like the hall, like just like in a nice area playing gangsters. Like that's kind of what he's it is. trying to save face. Yeah, he's trying to show that he wasn't a quote wimp or anything. Yeah. It's like nobody cares but but you do you're dipping your toes into a world that you don't need to be a part of and don't understand no absolutely not (laughs) you you had no reason to to, to jump into the weed selling business um so yeah we get uh, moving day again we get uh elvis put into his place we keep talking about going to fiesta let's go to fiesta i've always wanted to know what that is i'm like what's fiesta it sounds great they're really excited about it (laughs) uh Um, they go over to Jake's place and they're gonna go beat ass. Um, also, by the way, um, not that he gets much screen time. Fernando's pretty good. He's all right. He's not yeah, bad. He, he doesn't make a fool of himself. Uh, Fernando Vargas is here to basically be the muscle. Yeah, like he's in the room for deals whenever Emil Hirsch's characters. His head's even court. bigger than um, Emil Hirsch's. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Kyle, if you had to guess, I, I know I mentioned this, but I'm hoping you forgot. If you had to guess, what what weight class? Heavyweight. I would say, I would say heavy. <laughs> so remember the timing that I mentioned. Uh, two thousand five, I think. I think he had a fight in two thousand five, but like two thousand five, two thousand six, he was kind of like on the tail end of his career. He doesn't look like he weighs one fifty five, dude. He's he like, was one fifty four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. He, no, in in his career. I was gonna say his career. I'm like he does not. Like I had a feeling he look. He's about five ten. I'm like he probably he probably boxes about one fifty. No, he, he's one of those Ricky Hatton motherfuckers that walks around at like two twenty or something and cuts down. He looks, I'm like when you. He when, looks about two twenty. De La Hoya. I'm like, uh, you sure? Uh, De La Hoya is probably three inches taller than him too. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fernando. Fernando in the off season. He, he puts on some weight. He's got a couch growing out the back of his head. That's <laughs> <laughs> all he does. Um, I so, love this scene, though. I love this scene where they go to Jake's apartment. And uh, basically, Emil Hirsch tells Elvis, like, they're, like we're just going to go off to Fiesta or whatever. Yeah. But then he tells Justin Timberlake and Fernando Vargas, who come with him, uh, we're going to go beat his ass. Um, I don't know what that was all about. But they go to the apartment... 
and they knock and then they try to knock the door down but they're not strong enough so they give up and then they they go back down to the parking lot and then just a temper like throws a rock through the window (laughs) and then fernando vargas does the same thing and they're like causing a ruckus and yelling about how cool they are and there's that moment where it clicks with Emil Hirsch, but he, apparently he forgets conveniently. Like, these guys are idiots. These guys are fucking idiots. These guys are really fucking dense. <laughs> you, need to, you need to turn that uh, that that criticism on yourself there, buddy. Cause, I, uh, I know. That's what's surprising is he yeah. does recognize you guys are dumb. Well, it's pretty <laughs> dumb. It's broad daylight, and they're screaming and throwing rocks into a... Yeah. And what does that accomplish? It accomplishes nothing. Other than I mean, the, he t- doesn't even know who did that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but did you catch, uh, I don't know if this was, like, Justin Timberlake, was it, was it in the script, or he just did it to mess with him, but he comes up to him and starts doing yeah. footwork in front of him? Yeah, like, he oh, does, kind of funny. He does the Ali shuffle, yeah. and it's just like, you don't want to do that, but <laughs> I'm wondering if he did it for, like, just, just messing around with him. I wouldn't be surprised if he, funny. like, improvised that or something. It'd be kind of funny. It was cute. And he's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good dancer. You know, he only did it for how many years? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is where, this is where we start chronicling. Like, this is where it's, like... Things are kicking in. We start getting times and dates yes. on the screen. Yes, yeah, September 1999, we get a weed fight with the parents. Basically, they find uh, they find <laughs> Zach's uh, bong, basically. And he gets interrogated by his parents first thing in the morning. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it right now. Let me go get dressed. And he, you know, sneaks out. He's just like, I'm not dealing with my parents right now. Bold move. Uh, it's just adding fuel to the fire <laughs> to piss off your parents. Um, but yeah, then we get like... Witness one, witness two, but we see that um, Johnny is like they're just like driving down the road, and he's like, "That's uh, that's Jake's brother," and they're like, "Let's just go." I think initially they were just gonna go kick the shit out of him, and then one of them it just ends up picking him up and putting him in the van. Yeah, yeah, it it was it just happened like yeah. nobody had an agenda here. It just it just kind of worked out that way. But yeah, they they pull over this white panel van that they happen to be in. And they jump this kid off the side of the road, like slap him around a bit, and then Fernando Vargas throws him into the fucking van. Um, but comedy gold, like very much in the same vein as like a Payton Gain or something, um, when they're trying to drive off. Kyle. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh my god, this was so fucking hilarious. Where they try to speed off in a hurry, and they leave Emil Hirsch. Yeah, he he didn't get in the van. He didn't have time. And then he's just like puts his hands up like what the fuck and then they they put it in reverse they come back to him and then he has to like clap he has to like slap the side of the van kick the door he like kicked the door it's a funny little kick yeah yeah it's just like again these guys are not bright like jesus yeah then they like pull over like well what are we supposed to do with them like we want to go have fun he's like well let's we need a place that we can like just stop and think and he's like i know a place so Frankie, who is Justin Timberlake, takes him to his buddy Chucky's house, his his apartment. Uh, he's got, Chucky was great. Chucky's great. Chucky is hilarious. Um, he's only in this scene, but he's great. Yeah, he has one scene in The Hangover. It's when they see a mattress like out like hanging like out on the roof, and he's just like, "Yeah, some people can't handle Vegas." He kind of reminds me of Peter uh, Peter Green a little bit. Not Peter Green. Uh, Smoking Aces. Uh, Oh, that's all you, but Mark Mark Wahlberg's buddy, the director. We were just talking about Peter him. Berg. Peter Berg. There we go. He reminds me of Kevin Dillon a little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Peter right. Berg. Yeah. I mean, you, same you, deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peter Berg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Kevin Dillon. Uh, <laughs> but he's chilling. He's just like, yeah, man. I'm just been chilling out, ripping waves, man. About to go to Fiesta. 
Yeah, he's rocking some of that American Gladiators Malibu energy. Yeah. But, but I love when he answers the door and he's like, a lot of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Dude, yeah, he's got a good, like, I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have let him in because he's like, there's, it's him and five other, like, four, because we picked up the, uh, the one, the one guy, the blonde haired guy. He just happened to be there. Like, <laughs> yeah. They pick him up on the way. Like, yeah. They, they add people. He's like, yeah. There's a lot of dudes. Like, my buddy came by who I was an acquaintance with. He's like, yeah, these four guys are just going to take this kid back into the room. I'm like, what are you talking about? Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, and he, and he offers up his own bedroom, and he's like, yeah, I got a room. You, I mean, you want to take this teenager into the back room or something? And then he has this one-on-one with Frankie that he's just like, what is going on? Like, I just offered up my room to a, like five random dudes I don't even know. <laughs> random guys I don't even know. And then I I always wanted to be Jason Siegel because this roommate of his looks like Jason Siegel. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy's just like not having it. He's like, dude, Chucky, they got a fucking kid back here. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he is supposed to be 15 and Anton Yelkin is, he's baby-faced. He, he probably is close to you know, 15. Like, he stands out. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look like he should be part of this group. And they're also putting duct tape on yeah. his wrists and his mouth. It's not what you want to see. And they keep trying to shut the door in his face, but they suck at it, so it keeps, like, coming open and stuff. It is, it is a total fucking shit show. And Chucky tries to deal with the situation, but uh, this is where I think I wanted to punch uh, Johnny True Love the most. Was Basically, he's just like, Frankie, put your boy in check, and pulls a gun out on him. Yeah, it's, guns, man. And it's it's just that unfair escalation where it's mm-hmm. like if you didn't have that Johnny True Love, none of this would be possible for you. No. Not not a lick of it because you were you're this fucking tall and and this was before Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't care, man. Like like if you didn't have that, you would be nothing. Yeah, they basically just take over this dude's apartment and they're just like yeah. smoking. Fuck you guys! I'm going to fiesta. I mean, I, you guys better not be here when I get back. I would have called the cops, honestly. Like, I'm, I mean, yeah. Like, this is not happening. There are dudes that just came into my apartment with a kid, and they pulled a gun on me. Uh, but yeah, they're just like smoking his weed, and they're just hanging out with Zach. Like, yeah, we're playing Xbox. Playing Xbox, just having fun. Yeah. I mean, his, his hands are still bound, but he he has a controller. He's playing. <laughs> Yeah, and if you didn't think uh, there's a lot of a lot of empty beer bottles in that room, by the way. Oh yeah, I mean weed and beer, dude. It's a good combination. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean they're supposed to be watching a person yeah. they abducted. <laughs> it, these are yeah, these are fucking these are young adults. They are not not paying attention. Um, but yeah, now 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 Johnny's like, yeah, uh, you take him to hang out with you. I'm gonna go to Fiesta. I'm gonna go do some shit. So. Now it's just, I'm like, you didn't really know, like, did these guys work for him? Are they just kind of friends? And just, uh, Frankie, Justin Timberlake's character, didn't seem like he really worked for him. He just seemed like he was yeah, a, he's a pal. Just, yeah, he's a friend. But now he's, you know, having to watch after the kid. Yeah, I, I like that everybody offers up excuses to, to no longer be involved in the casual kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Where, like, Fernando Vargas is like, I gotta go see a girl. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, she gets angry if I don't see her. She gets mad if I don't fuck her. <laughs> That's like his only excuse is that yeah. is I have a date. And it's like, dude, you were the guy who physically manhandled the child and put him into the van. Yeah. You're kind of a part of this. You're kind of liable, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and Justin Timberlake just apparently is too dumb to come up with an excuse. So he gets he gets saddled with having to deal with this kid. Yeah. And uh, I think this is where we get um, back at the house. Uh, like uh, Zach, they realize that uh, Zach has been missing 
for a while. Yeah, and they've called the cops, and they're they have like family members like gathered because they're all concerned. Yeah, and uh, Jake is just like talking to his dad, and his dad's like, "Do you owe money to anybody or anything like that?" And uh, is it Olivia? I think is the stepmom. Uh, um, that sounds chair. right. So she overhears it, and they're <laughs> I like that. I like their little scene together. Yeah. Uh, again. Uh, a scene that they probably only filmed once <laughs> uh, because uh, she puts hands on Ben Foster. She does. Good God. She slaps him. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. And Squeezes his face. Yeah. yeah she, she she puts her thumb and her forefinger between his cheeks. She pinches him. She slaps him. She gets rough. But he hand, like the like he, he handles it like a saint. He handles it so well. Yes, it's it's kind of endearing. It's it's kind of nice. Yeah, it, for he's the most endearing Jewish neo-Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> he has his moment, and then we get my probably my favorite scene of the whole movie, which is the party beatdown. <sighs> this this comes in like a fucking wrecking ball. You have no idea. You have no idea where this scene is going. <laughs> you kind of get a sense that he's capable when he's fighting with Johnny, but it's so short and it's just straight to the point. That I mean, he was pretty quick with that kip up. Kip up was impressive, but you know that he's also tweaking, so you're just like, he's just a crazy. Tweaker. Yeah, and he lets out that like primal scream too, where it's like it's you know you, you don't know what you're gonna get with this guy, but yeah, the scene he he walks in on this house party. Yeah. And this is straight out of a fucking Steven Seagal movie. It straight up. Like is. even the lowered floor, mm-hmm. like how the, the floor is conveniently cleared so people can roughhouse. <laughs> it's like the bar scene in, in uh, Out for Justice, where it's just like, oh, there's a pit where there's like a, a billiard a billiard pit so we can have a fight with the guy who's conveniently nicknamed Sticks. We have those at, at billiard halls. <laughs> we just have a Filipino guy with sticks to fight Steven Zagals who happen to come in at off hours. Anyway, Ben Foster goes in and he walks up to the biggest motherfucker in the room. He's like, yo, where's my brother? Or where's Johnny, basically? He's like, have you seen Johnny? And he's like, no, I haven't seen Johnny. And I think one of the other guys was maybe part of the crew he went into Johnny's house with. I'm not sure, but everybody's dismissive of him. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets nowhere in terms of, like, verbally interrogating people. And then all the white people have to step aside so all the diminutive Asian stunt people can walk up to him <laughs> yeah. and take bumps for him. <laughs> because, like, it looked like a little woman with glasses, like, gets up in his face and says, don't talk trash to my man. And he just, like, fucking hockey chucks her into the wall. Chucks her, punches him. Like, punches he throws a dude over a couch into the back corner. <laughs> and then he does a fucking Chuck Norris roundhouse kick mm-hmm. on a dude. It's like, what the fuck? And this all happens in the span of five seconds. But he, like, dislocates a dude, dude's forearm. Like, he kicks a dude in the fucking head. Is an explosion of highly coordinated violence that comes out of fucking nowhere. And then his, I like his, uh, what I'm guessing was an ankle break. He just, like, or maybe well, he, a knee. He Bruce Lee's that person. Yeah, he gives that, that yell at the end of it. Just, ah! No, it, it, it's, it's the Bruce Lee stomp. It's like, great. Yeah, it, it, but it's just like, what the fuck just happened? No, no idea that this was coming in this movie. It's oh, yeah, pretty he, incredible. He eats a, a bottle to the back of the head and just does, he no-sells Nothing. It. He's he, tweaking right he now. He totally no-sells it. Like, he is bleeding from the dome. He gives no fucks. The dude can walk through a wall at this point. He is on amphetamine on amphetamines and he is pissed off oh, yeah I mean it's Lance Henriksen riding off Arnold Schwarzenegger punching through a windshield it's just like yeah he's probably on PCP or some shit you probably wouldn't even feel it <laughs> uh, but this is where we get if anybody sees Johnny True Love tell him Jake Mazursky 
is looking for him. It's funny because I, I read that two ways. Where one is he's making an emphatic statement. Mm-hmm. Two, he's concussed. <laughs> and the words are coming out funny. I mean, at this point, he has told us that he does not give a fuck. No. So I think this is an emphatic... Let him know that I am looking for Jake him. Mazursky. Like he's enunciating so they do not forget. I don't think you'd ever forget that. I'm, I would I would just be like slow clapping as he's leaving. Like that was a fucking show. If this is a, a real life situation, I was at that party 10 years down the road, I would just be hanging out and be like, Jake Mazursky. Yeah, it's like, let me tell you the tale of Jake Mazursky. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I have in my notes F-bomb, Christ Almighty. Uh, I don't know where we go from here now. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, this is, okay, so now we get with Frankie and Zach. Uh, JT is taking him to his dad's house, and this is where they're, like, um, just walking down the the street, and somebody calls him uh, the F-bomb, and and he's, like, trying to fight him from the sidewalk, basically. Yeah, that that was weird, because we're in, like, a like a Palm Springs type area or something, but anyway, they're just, like, walking down the street, and there's just a bunch of drunk people that I don't think he knows, but they're all, they're all just yelling shit at him. Yeah, no, it, I think is I think it might be like the outskirts of Fiesta, maybe. Like he's just kind of like they didn't get to go, but I don't know. But yeah, I, I I don't know what the deal is, but again, there's there's like a weird energy here where he's like trying to step to people, but they're too drunk to care. Um, but yeah, he's just going on a, a nighttime walk with Anton Yelchin with with Zach Mazursky, um, and they have this really sincere kind of endearing exchange here where Frankie offers like so like if I was to like conveniently lose track of you and you hopped on that bus over there and we all just like went our separate ways and like called it good and nobody retaliated in any fashion like would would you be cool with that and as it so happens though I mean we saw how Jack uh, Zach started down this road he's like no it I'm kind of enjoying this, like, as, as fucked up as it is. I'm actually on board with this situation. There is a moment in the movie where they could have let him go, and I honestly think it would have been okay. Yeah. This is almost there, but not quite. It's it's very close. Yeah, yeah, but no, he refuses, and then uh, there's... The movie draws attention to this fact that um, Justin Timberlake leaves him to go into a convenience store to buy, to buy some drinks, and Anton Yelchin just sits down and we get this extended take where he's just sitting there. It's like, yeah. probably nice, yeah. It's it's nice, but it's like he has every opportunity to do whatever the fuck. He could leave. He could run away right now. If I was fifteen in this situation, like they're just letting me smoke weed and drink. I'm like, this is awesome. I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is like the best weekend of his life, probably. Yeah. But but yeah, no, he he just sits there and waits, and and mm-hmm. they they have a nice night together. And is, do they end up back at the house? Yes. Jurgen, <laughs> one of the worst parents in this film. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Uh, yeah, there's a, there is a tier list. <laughs> it, it is interesting. It's not something I picked up on before. But yeah, this this movie does kind of like talk about the uh, like the parenting. Like it, it it's subtle here. But um, yeah, his dad is with uh, two ladies who I think he paid for. Um, <laughs> he's pretty rich. This is where we also learn that Frankie's pretty well off. All like most of these characters yeah. are. Oh yeah, uh, especially Dominique Swain. Oh. Her, they're filthy rich. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but his dad is just blasted drunk, and he's entertaining <laughs> these two ladies. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you could totally angle it. I think he's trying to angle a father son tag team here uh, with these ladies. Um, but I mean, there's no other way that that particular gathering 
ends up. How does it end? That's how it ends. Yeah, there's no other way. No like, other if way. he's staying in the room, some something's going to happen. Something's going to get wet. And this is probably the one of the weirdest moments in the movie for me was uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to hang out. And he's like, oh, you're just going to go hang out with your friend there? I'm like, you should be more concerned that your adult son has a 15-year-old boy that he's going to hang out with in his bedroom. But Jurgen does not pick up on that. No, he's totally shit-faced. Yeah. Like, he's super stoned and drunk. Like, he, he is not present no. at all. Um, but yeah, he, he, Frankie casually just brings him to a, a back bedroom and has him sleep on the couch. And he, and he, keep, he keeps asking, like, are you okay? You all set up here? It's like the most casual kidnapping you've ever seen. Yeah. It's truly bizarre. Um, but the, the exchange in the morning, too, is, like, tells you a lot about the dynamics between father and son. Mm-hmm. Like... This movie does kind of point the finger at the parents a lot of times. Like this is something that I, I certainly noticed. But Jurgen is, he's he's just not present. Like, no. like he's he's completely an absentee father in a lot of ways. Like he he puts a roof over Justin Timberlake's head, but beyond that, they have no healthy relationship between the two of them. Well, no, he's uh, but he also has a huge grow operation that Frankie's in charge of taking care of. Yeah. What kind of message do you think that sends to your kids? It's like. I feel like I'm above the law. I don't. I don't have to conform to what society wants me to do. So why should my kid? Well, yeah, it, it's reminding you that circumstance plays plays a part in mm-hmm. in the path that these these young people all go down. Yeah, is that like Johnny True Love? Same deal with his dad. Like his dad and his dad are both scumbags. Yeah, Jurgen's a scumbag with with an illegal grow up going on in his own backyard. Uh, like, Dom- like all of them, seemingly. Dominique Swain's mom doesn't give a fuck about what she does, uh, apparently. Yeah, and but then we come back to the Mazurskis, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, there's a difference here. Like, I, I, I can't remember precisely, but is Butch involved with anything shady? No, I don't think so. I think he was going to go play tennis. Yeah, I mean that in the morning that was the thing, but I, I can't remember if like when Jake showed up asking for money if. If Sharon Stone mentioned that Butch was into some weird shit, I don't feel like Sharon Stone would be. Like, I don't feel like she that doesn't character. strike me as no. being okay with that. No, I don't think she would be okay with that. And they, if they're freaking out about him having a bong, like I feel like they're they're pretty straight. I'd say they're pretty straight. But yeah, in, in terms of like familial setups, like the Mazurskis seem to be like the ones that stand out as like mostly mostly decent home. Well, we even have a mom dropping off a group of girls at the motel party. Yes. Yeah. She's yes. like, have fun, have, have a good time. Yeah, as, as Dominique Swain runs up the stairs, falling out of her top and getting ready to get shit-faced. Yeah, that's that's real responsible. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is where we get Dominique Swain. She's at her huge house with... I don't know if this is her brother or boyfriend. Is this her brother? Like, I, th- This is a weird family is dynamic. This Keith? Keith, yeah. I thought it was her brother. But he's also like making very, very lewd inappropriate comments to her mother so i feel like maybe it's a stepbrother thing it's very uncomfortable i mean they have they bear no resemblance to each other and i don't think we ever meet their father no so could be could be stepbrothers he's stepsister it's very it's very strange Um, uh yeah no i mean every character in this is really fucked up so it does it's not too outside of the realm of possibility this is where you get frankie's daytime hangout this looks like a, this is like a lot of fun this is basically just a group of people smoking a ton of pot playing video games seems like a great time oh yeah no this aside from the giant fucking house this was a lot of you know late high school for me early college for me like just you know hanging out playing xbox yeah and then 
ha- and half the room is stone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trevor's straight edge. Uh, <laughs> straight edge. <laughs> and Trevor's just straight. Straight edge. <laughs> um, let's see here. So, yeah, they're all hanging out at Frankie's, and now he's starting to, like, uh, Amanda Seyfried kind of has eyes on him, but she, she doesn't really know his story yet. She's like, how old are you? And he's lying, obviously, saying that he's, you know, 17. Yeah. So I just look young. Uh, playing it nice, dude. Nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is where Frankie gets, like, a call from Johnny. He's just like, all right, you have to clear out, or you have to, like, clear the house out or something like that. I don't know if it's Jurgen or Johnny, but I think maybe it's Johnny. Just Johnny. It's Johnny. It's Johnny. And so we get Frankie kind of passing the buck to uh, Brother Keith. Keith, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he, I, I do like the way he handles this. Like, Keith is just like, wait, what? Like, he's like, I'm not... Yeah, Keith. Cool. Keith is kind of he's kind of an airhead, and he's typical teenager. He's just yeah. a doofus. He's a shithead. But when it comes to like being informed that there's a kidnapped person in the building, and he's being tasked with caring for them, all of a sudden he he does have a conscience. He, mm-hmm. He's like, what? What? <laughs> also, like Frankie uh, is like kind of laughing about the whole situation like check it out like Johnny's got him he's just kind of holding him and he's just kind of laughing about it and like this is like the first moment where someone's like dude like that's yeah, when not you, okay. when you when you explain that out loud <laughs> that doesn't sound really bright now does it <laughs> there's a really funny episode of The Office where they Michael doesn't want to give a tip for the pizza <laughs> so he's holding he's like keeps the pizza boy there and then uh, basically it starts to unravel he's like Oh my god, I've been holding this kid hostage. <laughs> like, how many hours has it been? <laughs> it's pretty funny. The kid never puts it together, but yeah, Michael, Michael ends up doing it. It's, it's a pretty good episode. Um, but yeah, he's like, you gotta clear out. So they go over to Dominique Swain's, and I actually fast forward through this part because she's screaming the whole time. It's yeah, so obnoxious. She, she has a very strange energy. Like, mm-hmm. she is totally fucking manic. Um, yeah. And the things that are coming out of her mouth all make sense. Like, she's supposed to be kind of the. I don't know the the person on the straight and narrow who doesn't adhere to it very well because yeah. she she partakes in all the stupid dumb fuckery that every other character in this does, but she's the one that calls it out. Yeah, she's she's kind of that person who's just like waving on the hilltop. Yo, this is a felony. Yeah, <laughs> she keeps doing that throughout the film, but the the delivery of her lines is just like it's bizarre. Yeah, it, it's it's off putting. It's just, you want to like sink into the cushions in your couch and just be like is she still doing that like can she not that's really scary and this is where uh, basically they explains the situation Amanda Seyfried is like so on board with it she's like that's hot you're Stalin that's so hot (laughs) Stalin is so hot you're Stalin (laughs) he's Stalin oh yeah that's that's pretty good Um, (laughs) but yeah so let's see here Uh, tell Zach is hostage other rich kids house (laughs) I mean, that's the pattern of the movie from yeah. here on out. Uh, F-bomb, and then true love at Jurgens. This is where we get to sit down with him and Frankie. Him and Frankie have the conversation. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny's figured out that this is kind of a problem. <laughs> like, we didn't really think this whole kidnapping thing through. I mean, Johnny at one point calls a lawyer, like the family yeah. lawyer. And he's like, so, hypothetically... Like, if somebody abducted somebody and, like, kept them against their will for, like, a day or two, like, would would that be bad? And he's like, 
oh yeah, that's life in prison. Yeah, that's life in prison. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's really bad. You said a day? Yeah, no, that's yeah. <laughs> it could be shorter than that. Yeah, no, I mean, th- there's a lot that happens in this particular chapter of the film. Um, this was actually a problem that I was having in terms of recalling a lot of it mm-hmm. was the sequencing because there are a lot of scenes, a lot of locations, uh, a big chunk of the like, I don't know, not the middle, but like kind of towards the back end of the second half of the movie takes place at like a a, like a hotel house party yeah um but in between all that we get a lot of phone calls a lot of johnny being a a shithead and handing off zach to whoever whoever is not himself so he keeps ducking responsibility the the one scene that i thought was infuriating but also fascinating. Like I think it's worth dissecting. Um, is he and Frankie, Johnny and Frankie, uh, talking? And I think it's Frankie's bedroom or this something. This is what I was talking about. Yeah, this is their sit down. Their sit down together. The 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 dialogue that passes between them is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like there is not a single good idea expressed between the two of them. Only difference is Frankie has an, a measure of empathy to go with his thought process, mm-hmm. whereas Johnny is just like. I got so many parties, man. <laughs> like, like I have so many other better things I want to do. Can we just be done? Like, like it's because they're not acting like this is a hostage situation. Like they have kidnapped somebody. Yeah, they're just they're going on like life is normal, and that's why there's so much happening still in the movies because they're still partying like nothing's happening. Yeah, they they keep going about their lives as they normally have, um, and. The, the exchange here is like Johnny is just looking for any corner to go hide in while other people take care of his stuff and at one point like you can tell he's just lost patience like mm. he, he's, he just doesn't want to deal with it to the point he's like so like Frankie could you like kill him or something like that seems like a good idea uh I'm totally joking, bro. <laughs> like, I, this is like, so, so, yeah, at first he pitches the idea of, like, and I think Frankie's just like, maybe we just grease him, you know? Like, maybe, like, just, like, send him on his way. Yeah, give him some money and send yeah. him on his way. Yeah, and he's like, what if I give you... And I wrote down the figure. He offers him $2,500 to kill a kid. He's just like, what that, are those to say, like, 2500 bucks? Fuck. That's an insane, insanely fuck. low amount of money. That's, that's for free. <laughs> that's, like rent in a two-bedroom apartment in seattle <laughs> that wouldn't even co- <laughs> that's like that's like if you factor in water sewer gas nope that's not rent <laughs> that's two months yeah that's close to two months that's not even groceries dude i mean that's not my rent i am not that rich <laughs> that is two months that is basically two months of my rent and no groceries yeah that, that's about two months of rent hey you know to take a life <laughs> sure <laughs> actually now that you mention it <laughs> like, you know I, could, I do have some blu-rays I want to get <laughs> yeah but he's testing the water and I do love how how Johnny and this is a moment where he's just like maybe we give him like a couple bucks like maybe that's a good idea he has no idea what he's doing at this point oh Oh, yeah, that's that's why the scene was really fascinating to me is because he starts out kind of in charge but then by the end of it He's not even actively listening anymore. Yeah. He, he's just making Frankie do it. Like, Frankie the Frankie just says a thing, and Johnny's like, yeah, that does make sense. It's like, you didn't even fucking hear what he said. You just want it to be done, so you're just going along with it. I do like Frankie. He's just like, I can't deal with this anxiety bullshit. And he gives him <laughs> weed. I'm like, how is that helping? I know. that, that I had the exact same reaction. I was like, Duh. Some people, for some people, weed, weed doesn't like make them paranoid like that. And it, it is more relaxing. 
I'm the exact opposite. It does not make me more relaxed. I'm sorry, like, you know, not to be judgmental or anything, but it's like in that kind of circumstance, it's like, I don't know if that's going to help you find better ideas right now. No, it's not. <laughs> but, but yeah, Johnny is, he starts out trying to be in charge, and then by the end of it, I guess he just gets tired of it and just yeah. wants it to be taken care of. So, like, Frankie's like, yeah, yeah, let's give him some money and send him on his way. And then Johnny says, like, yeah, yeah, let's give him some money and send him on his way. Good idea, bro. Good idea. <laughs> like, uh, by we- the way, the, neither Kyle nor I, I think, are equipped to match the vernacular of the characters in this film mm. because there's a certain way of speaking and a certain, I don't know, dialect <laughs> that they all adhere to that I just... Uh, it, it makes me feel dirty just to even attempt to, to, to embrace it or imitate it. Well, you know, we were mentioning something about, um, we are kind of talking about some of the slurs in this movie. Uh-huh. I forget that this is directed by Nick Cassavetes. Mm-hmm. I feel like we get uh, an interesting one that I feel like he heard his father say before, probably, where the, uh, the slur that involves a Chinese gentleman. Uh, I didn't understand that. I was like, did he just say that? It threw me off because I'm like, what are you... Th- is this the 70s? Well, like, he's using it as like a euphemism. Like, yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> that, one, that one threw me off. <laughs> it's like, it's huh. like I'm, I'm actively trying to be offended, but I don't know how I should be because yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand. Well, I think with what's moving forward, I think is that Johnny is like, yeah, I think we're just going to grease him. I think we're just going to show him a good time and then like just try to explain the situation and we'll send him on his way. Because this is where we get the kitchen chat. Where this is where we got margaritas, bro. Yeah, this is where we get this hilarious hard cut from like Johnny being like, "Yeah, that's the plan." Hard yeah. cut to him like Ba-da-da-da. blending a margarita and yeah. kicking people into a pool at a fucking house party. <laughs> looks like a good time. It's like, yeah, it really looks like you followed through on that plan there, Johnny. <laughs> I've never been to a house party where there was a pool in the backyard. Neither have I. I've never had that. I've been to been to a couple with a hot tub. Never, oh, yeah. never a full blown. Yeah, Orion. I've been to, had, I've been to Orion ones. had a hot tub. <laughs> I've been to the hot tub ones. Yeah. That's I hate hot tubs. They're disgusting. <laughs> they make me sleep. They make me fall asleep. I'll I'll sit ten minutes in a hot tub. I'm like I gotta go to bed. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but yeah, this is where uh, Johnny. Now this is where he's like, hey, man, your brother's my boy. He's just acting crazy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, the, the way he, the way, the, the he way talk, these people yeah. talk makes me feel dirty. Kyle. Yeah, it it it, yeah. it just it. Word. Word. <laughs> that was a good Justin Timberlake. <laughs> you suckers got served. <laughs> like it's it's all. Oh like, god. Oh. Uh, yeah, I forgot I, about that. Yeah, I've never seen that. Oh, don't. I kind of want to. <laughs> don't you? Life is too short. You don't need to watch that. that. Never back down. Never. Which one is that one? That's the, the MMA oh, high school that, MMA drum. Amber Heard. Uh, oh yeah. Really? Yeah. It's pretty not good. No, the sequels are probably better because they have. Uh, <laughs> they, well, because they have Michael Jai White. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> that movie's not good. Uh, it's pretty bad. So he has the kitchen chat with him, and then the next day, um, J- uh, Johnny calls Jake at the house. Yeah. yeah. That, that, ben Foster's Oscar reel again. Oh, it, yeah. it's juicy. By the way, uh, from a filmmaking and editing standpoint, uh, multicam. Uh, is a is a thing that a trick that we employ every once in a while. It works, kind of. I think it works here. It works very well here. Yeah. Other instances of it, with I found Jurgen, my, the one with Jurgen. Yeah, I found myself scratching my head and wondering why. Why not? Like, like what did that add? Like, and also that that montage um, with I think it's a David Bowie song. Oh yeah. And of like 
Zach being in in Johnny's custody and then like a random shot of Johnny's face turning a corner and then Jake getting into his car with a, a weird like overlap fade effect and then Sharon Stone looking wist, wistfully out the window there's some weird wonky edits there that I didn't I didn't exactly approve of um, but the multicam during this phone conversation worked very very well because it's Johnny uh, on a like a payphone uh, talking to Jake who takes the phone call at his parents' house upstairs and it it's it's Robert De Niro uh, in the Untouchables. Mm. I, it's like I want him dead. I want his family dead. <laughs> I Robert, want his house burnt to the ground. Robert uh, Robert De Niro wishes he had Ben Foster's intensity when he was doing this. This scene. is incredible. This, yeah. this is the man telling you he's going to end you. Um, and stretching that sentiment out to five minutes of just screaming and clawing at the walls. Oh, he takes it for a walk. Yeah. Oh, it's juicy. I mean, you know, like, if you're on the receiving end of that, like, I already know this guy is crazy, but I am going to die by this man's hand. Well, I mean, point. if you wanted to make a comedic beat out of it, you would cut, you'd, you'd have the multicam cut to, like, just a single of, of him, of Jake Mazursky screaming into the phone and gesticulating wildly. And then cut to just a hanging yeah, phone. Hanging phone <laughs> it's just like he's been gone for a while. <laughs> well, he doesn't identify himself, too. I, I know so he says, it's me. He he, call, uh, he calls him Midget in, in the movie. Yes. Yeah, so doesn't identify himself. I thought it was a nice little detail. Yeah, I mean, if the phones are tapped. Yeah, I'm not going to identify myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, threatens in prom... Yeah. Johnny talks with an attorney. This is where he talks to the attorney. Yeah. Yeah, this is where he finds out. He's like, yeah, you'd be looking at life in prison. He's like, fuck. <laughs> Um, and this, uh, I was wondering, uh, how, why he would give them their car, but this is where Johnny and, uh, Elvis go to, uh, Vincent's house. And this is the buddy, 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 buddy. Yeah. Just to reiterate that they're high, basically, uh, children. Yeah, they're, they're high schoolers that watch a lot of South Park. Yeah. <laughs> then there's like, yeah, we're moving. I was like, why would he give them their car? He tells them that they're moving, so they need the they need the uh, suburban, basically. Yeah. And then we get to the I have hotel party, nay, motel party. This is a two floor. Yeah. No. And this is where we get to see one of the moms uh, drop off a whole gaggle of kids. <laughs> Do you have your condoms? I'll have a good time. Bye. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> at least she's picking them. Like, at least she's dropping them off and not just like. Now I sound like that apparently. If you're gonna have a good talk, if you're gonna do it, I'd really do it around me. But I'm like, at least they're not driving there. That's one plus, and she's gonna pick them up later. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget exactly the sequencing, but when does uh, Dominique Swain have that exchange with her mom? I didn't write that down, uh, but it's somewhere around here. It's somewhere. It's around. the same day because she's like, it's our anniversary, so I need you guys to fuck off tonight. Yeah, and that's where she answers the door. She says, "I'm rolling pretty hard because I'm fucking your dad right now." <laughs> yeah, I just cannot be bothered with the whatever this shit is. Say, so, "Well, we're gonna talk to you about something." She's like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just another finger pointed at the parents of this movie. In mom's defense, she said specifically, "Fuck off!" Like, go away. I want yeah. you guys to stay stay at Sabrina's tonight or something. Like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just one of those. I guess it's one of those like ironies i guess yeah. where it's just like if if a per, if a parent, if a parent had, had gotten interceded this, yes. at, 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 a, at a critical point 
maybe some of this would not have happened. Yeah. <laughs> you want to piss off a parent, let them know that your, your, your kids are hanging out with somebody who's got somebody kidnapped. Yeah. Ex- what? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, no, she was rolling. She was she rolling roll- with ecstasy. She was she- rolling hard. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is, this, I mean, this is a lot. There's a lot that happens in here that is of minor consequence of the hotel part, at the motel party. Um, he hangs out with Frankie in the, in the bathroom, and then he's like... That bit where they take the girl out off the toilet? Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. That's pretty fucked up, I would be I would be very upset. Yeah, I, I mean, that's when you come back with a knife or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the middle of the pee. I, yeah, or, or a poo. I mean, or a poo. I mean if God forbid a poo. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the difference. If you're in the middle of a pee, it's like, okay, I, I can go home. You know, I won't be completely shamed, but if I was in the middle of a poo... My night's done. Yeah. And I got to pull up my pants after that, it's like, you got to die. You, like, <laughs> it's like, you you don't get to see the sun. Yeah, like, because you'd have to ride the bus home. <laughs> exactly. You'd have to ride the bus home with poopy pants. It's a, I think we've talked after about before. After 20 people have seen you with poopy pants, leave the room. It's a real fear that you have living in the city. If you take public transportation, it's like, I might shit my pants today. Oh, and I, I, I got to know where the public bathroom is, wherever I go. Library. <laughs> yeah, library is a good one. Grocery oh, store is another one. You told me I don't want to say it on the air because they don't deserve it. <laughs> um, you guys don't deserve it. I know all the poo spots he, in Seattle. He does. We were in the U District. He's like, oh, you need to go to the bathroom? I know. I got a place. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I had, I had you set up, Kyle. I was just like, I, I, I no problem, bud. I got you. <laughs> uh, but for no reason, for like no reason, well, I guess it doesn't really make sense, but like, um, Zach's like, yeah, you, the guy's causing you problems, Frankie. We'll beat him up. He's like, what the fuck are you gonna do about it? He's like, I've been taking like kung fu for years or some shit, and he like knocks the shit out of Frankie, just like just playfully. He just like yeah. knocks him down. He's like, holy shit. Yeah, Frankie puts him in a headlock, and he he's like mocking him and saying, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And, and yeah, uh, Zach handles him pretty pretty handily. I think this is I kind of now that you mentioned the the toxic mas- masculinity thread on here. I'm like, I'm thinking that this was one. Amanda Seyfried was very turned on when she found out that he was uh kidnapped yeah now you just saw him take down a dude who's much older than him and bigger than him so now he's locked in but i think the beat down was like no nah, i think i can angle a threesome out of this <laughs> like that's how badass this was yeah and also i think it's maybe you know unfortunately post-mortem like pointing to like when you think about the title alpha mm-hmm. dog it's like it refers to like a pecking order of sorts it's like had he had more years on him like had he existed longer uh zach may have been the top of the totem pole he yeah. seems like a pretty capable 15 year old like, yeah like and even some of his his words in the suv as they're they're driving through the desert about like i don't know a whole lot of things and i'd like to change that it's like he was the best of them like mm-hmm. like given enough time he 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 is there better he would have been the alpha dog of that group Mm-hmm. Like certainly above Frankie for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Frankie's useless. No, Fra- yeah, Frankie's just a hanger on. He's he's your buddy. He's not. He should, but Frankie should not be in charge of things. <laughs> no, he's ca- Frankie is couch guy with more energy. Yeah, <laughs> well said. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amber Heard shows up for some reason, uh, and then we get Elvis with Johnny. Yeah, we have a drinking game we play. Yeah, with uh, Bartles and James. Uh, oh, is that what that I is? I think that's what it's called. It's, yeah. It looks fruity. It's disgusting. It, yeah, um, it, it looked, it it's looked like it looked like jello in a did bottle. <laughs> it, it's heartburn in a bottle. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's awful. Same with Smirnoff, heartburn immediately. Um, so yeah, then we get Elvis with Johnny, and this is where it's like, okay, this is going to happen now. Yeah, they, they, uh, they're very vague. 
um, but I had an idea of what was being said here. But like Johnny is just like confirming, like, so we're gonna do. You're gonna do the thing. I'm gonna go bang Olivia Wilde because yeah. it's her birthday. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they're just making up things to do. It's like, oh, I'm busy. I gotta go do this. Thing. Oh yeah, her birthday is of prime importance. We need to take her to this shitty Mexican restaurant and have the most awful looking cupcakes I've ever seen. <laughs> I want cupcakes. Um, there's a really good cupcake. Spot. What's your favorite cupcake? Kyle? Oh, I just found out that it's a Vanilla Dream or a Vanilla, vanilla Tuxedo, which is a vanilla cupcake with chocolate frosting. Um, or there's a there's a place called Happy Cakes in uh, Beaufort, North Carolina, or in, uh, uh, um, Moorhead City in uh, North Carolina. They won cake war the cupcake wars uh, one season. Um, best cupcakes get the pineapple if you're there in the summertime. Pineapple cupcake. Okay, sponsored by ha- Happy Cakes. Oof, I wish. Has dude. to be pronounced Happy. Best cupcakes I've ever had. Happy Cakes. Uh, but uh, Elvis is like, I think he's like, I think we need to stop doing music videos because that was something he said earlier. Like these guys aren't even gangsters; they're just shooting a music video. And he's just like, no, this is this is the step. If you want to be real, this is the step you need to take. He offers him like, you sure you don't want any money? He's like, I got it. Don't worry about it. Loyalty. Ugh. Loyalty. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be like Michael Madsen and Reservoir Dogs doing ten years for the dude's dude's dad. Fuck off, idiots. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is, uh, yes, then we get a swimming pool threesome, which I'm sure was the shortest threesome in the history of threesomes. He's a 15-year-old kid with two hotties. Like, it's not going not gonna to well, happen. I mean, yeah, they breathe on his ear. That you're huh. done. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, when I walked into the pool, honestly. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we, have a, we have like a showgirls moment minus the, uh, the thrashing in the pool. That scene is hilarious, Kyle. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the logistics of it. Um, it's Oof. just like... I don't think the anatomy goes where you think it does. Like you, one's navel doesn't really stimulate uh, the female body. <laughs> I want to cover sexual thrillers at some point. Uh, Showgirls. I, I don't know if that'd be quite on there, but like Wild Things, uh, Basic Instinct. Like in the '90s, there was like a the sexual thriller was a thing. Oh. Jade. I mean, everything Michael Douglas did, is, yeah. as you've said on the show before. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, basic Instinct and uh, what the. the the game wasn't one of them. No. <laughs> no. There was no fucking in that movie. <laughs> no, but like Fatal Attraction, I think it was the late 80s, maybe. But I feel like uh, Alec Baldwin would have been, if he just didn't have as much chest hair, he would have been perfect for the That movie. is, yeah. yeah. Hollywood, I don't think, is super keen on that, unless you're Sean Connery. I was thinking, Douglas is a shaved bird, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but somehow, um, uh, Willis finds out like he's he's on the scent of something like it's come around to i think he talked to the lawyer i'm guessing um but they go to uh angie's house that is olivia wilde's character by the way the lawyer sounds exactly like mike star <laughs> i'll just point that out um, oh i thought my, he... my ulcer yeah my, my ulcer my, ulcer. my yeah. pills oh yeah my pills. He, he does sound like him <laughs> um let's see here then elvis uh elvis with frankie and he's basically like you're in it now, dude. Like, I'm killing this kid and you're going to help me, basically. Yeah, that's the conclusion we've come to. Elvis is our, our hatchet man. He's our triggerman. Um, but that, uh, did you notice the 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 gagged, like the, the foam wall that uh, Elvis and Frankie have their exchange on? I did not, no. Well, he, he grabs Justin Timberlake by the by the throat and bashes the back of his head against the, ho- like the motel or hotel wall. Yeah, and it's like... 
Yeah, that, that, he's a pop star. <laughs> like, maybe don't give him a concussion for, for fucking Alpha Dog. I don't even think Brain Sexy Back was out yet. So, yeah, he, he's he's about to be very important. You can be careful with his Yeah, be, be, be careful. He's <laughs> sitting on a gold mine. All yeah, right. But, but Elvis, he manhandles him and he gets in his face and he basically says, like, who's the bitch now? Because... Frankie's been teasing him relentlessly throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and basically, he's just letting it known he's the hand of fate. Like, this is happening regardless how you feel about it. I am Elvis. I am he who pulls the trigger. <laughs> it will be done. <laughs> Elvis does have a dangerous energy. I forgot about that the house party scene. I mean, they're teasing him about... Um... I mean, they're calling him gay, basically, because that's just what you did <laughs> at this time. 1999, absolutely. But the way, like, the way he is with Johnny and the way he's, like, you remember he's, like, like trying to make out girls in front of everybody, and then this, this is where it's also, like, he kind of, like, holds on to Frankie's head, like, he kind of smashes him, and he's like, who's sucking whose dick now? Like, it, it does kind of, I didn't really piece it together until I'm like, it, it does kind of add a weird energy uh, to the group. Yeah, he's, he's an intense fella, but... Like I said, loyalty is at the top of his his priority list. Mm-hmm. So like, if if he is told to do something by Johnny, it doesn't matter what it is that that takes priority, um, if, even if it involves killing a kid. If Frankie, this is where we get Frankie and Zach. Poor Zach. Last he just had a threesome and now he's watching the first Austin Powers movie, which isn't a horrible way to go out. Good but, scene too. And it's when it came out. Like, this is like around yeah. the time it came out. Yeah, it is a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> um. But Frankie's just, like, trying to give him an out. Yeah, he's like, like, let's go for a drive. You want to go get me some cigarettes? Oh, wait, you're 15. Yeah, celebrate. <laughs> um, but, like, Frankie, dude, you, you have to do the right thing here, bro. You have to just get him the fuck out of there. You've been told. But also, I think Elvis did say, he's like, you've got to take care of this or you're going to have his dad on you or something like that. So now Frankie is kind of in a, in a difficult situation. Yeah, he's put him in a, an inescapable situation here. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, there's no way this plays out well. Um, at the end of the day, but um, yeah, he's trying to get he's trying to get Zach to just leave, just go away, and he won't do it because he's enjoying fucking Austin Powers. If only they had put on a worse movie, yeah. <laughs> maybe he would have wanted to leave. But nope, it happened to be Austin Powers in 1999, kind of a big deal, especially for a 15 year old. If only the man in the iron mask had been on, because I don't feel like he would have been into that. No, absolutely not. No, he, he would have found a way out of that. <laughs> um, let me get to my uh, my other favorite scene of this film is the when we get to Angie's. Uh, like they get to the parents' house where oh. Bruce Willis is just pacing, waiting for this kid to come home. Um, I love Olivia Wilde. It's my it's birthday. my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. And dad and mom are like, get the fuck in here. <laughs> mom, when mom gets in her face, is like, you got some explaining to do. He's like, fuck you, mom. It's my birthday. Yeah, they're not having it. No. Uh, and then yeah, Willis just starts smacking him. He's like, where's the kid? He's like, I don't know what you're talking. It's kind of nice. He gets put in his place here because. Although he's um, short, he does kind of carrying himself with authority. Like, he is not necessarily intimidating, but he does... He's confident in that. And this is where he's a little boy. Like, he basically turns him into a child. Yeah, I was curious about that. Because, like, it's interesting because, um, as I mentioned about the gun and stuff, like, a lot of a lot of this probably could have been solved by him having some sort of reckoning at some point. Mm-hmm. Because he, he tells lies. He, he, he's, he has instances of cowardice like in in a traditional sense very much yeah like like when his home is invaded and then when it comes time to explain what happened he 
finds a way to spin it in such a way that makes him look a little better because he wasn't there even Ugh. though he clearly was and could have intervened or something um but he never really gets called on any of his any of his misgivings or anything um and interestingly enough like you like you said the way he carries himself and the way he speaks like when he's kind of being awful to elvis and in, in like the first scene we see of him he does have an air of authority he yeah. does seem like you know, like, this kid, like, does seem, like, on a small scale, he does seem to have his shit together. But then, beyond that, it's like, oh, wait, like, I, I guess he wasn't as on top of it as he gave the impression, you know? I think his dad has more clout than the movie's giving him. Yeah. And I think he's riding off of that. I think that's part of where his confidence Well, I mean, every from. single one of these is a bunch of entitled pricks. Yeah. Like, it's my birthday. My birthday. <laughs> God. Ugh. She, I mean... It's a thankless performance, but she Olivia Wilde does really do she's it well. Really good, yeah. Like she's not in this movie much, but she the physicality that she brings. I mean, when she's when she's all over Jake, yeah, she's going at it. Yeah. Hey, they're having difficulty pulling her off. Oh yeah, no, they it, the Fernand, Fernando Vargas and, and and Justin Timberlake and some other guy all had to jump her. Vargas, I'm not I'm not messing with that. <laughs> um. But yeah, they sit him down and they're just like, you're fucked unless we work out a deal. Like, basically, the idea is we're going to get the kid, have a sit down with the family, just kind of explain the situation and just hope for the best, basically. Like, But you, if the cops get, they're like, saying, like, if the cops get to you before you put the kid in, you're done. There's absolutely nothing I can do. Yeah. You're fucked. Um, and he has to basically sit on that for a minute but uh because we cut to what's happening while they're this is all going on yeah and elvis has to make numerous car rides which i i like the way the movie handled this where it shows the laborious logistics involved in doing a thing like this yeah keith, it doesn't come together quickly no <laughs> elvis and keith just like he like he just like takes keith with him like yeah keith sees him loading up a gun yeah and Keith's just like, what, man? Like, uh, they have to climb the rock where uh, Bill and Ted. Kirk, Captain yeah. Kirk fought the the Gorn, yeah. <laughs> the lizardmen. I was gonna say where Bill and Ted were thrown off. <laughs> you can see where my. I forget the name of the rock formation, but it's a famous one. You've you've seen it, folks. He said, "Shut your hole." <laughs> um, That's such a good. It's line. such. It's the best line of that whole movie. It's so great. <laughs> Bill and Ted's bogus journey, folks. <laughs> Excellent film. Um, but yeah, they have to go dig a hole, dig a hole, and then they drive back, and then now we've got Elvis, Frankie, and Zach, and they're headed back to uh, the Rock with Keith. Also, I'm actually shocked that he had the foresight to realize you got to dig the hole first. Did he have the foresight? Because he doesn't dig a hole. They don't. They don't dig. They. I swear to God, they, they did two scoops, and they're like, "Fuck, this I, is a rock." <laughs> I, I was telling the girlfriend about this last night. That like, I don't know what it says about me. But my first reaction to seeing that was like, I could have done bigger. I could have dug a better hole than that. That's that's not a hole. <laughs> this movie, all, like, one, th these these people are very stupid. But this, I think, is the epitome of their stupidness. Is that now they realize the situation they're in and they're trying to resolve it the wrong way. You walk past two hikers on the way up this rock with this kid. You think maybe that they're going to find his body pretty fucking quick? Sound carries pretty well in the desert, too. <laughs> Just saying. You got hikers the patch. You're trying to um, bury him at the top of a rock. These are rocks. <laughs> Not dirt. 
rocks. Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> You're not getting a shovel through You're that. You're not shit. going to shovel through that. But also, oh. it it needs to be said the on-screen titles we've been getting for witnesses. all witnesses. Yeah. We're we're up to like thirty plus witnesses by now. That's the other thing. It's like this is kind of um, a caution, like a cautionary tale. Like don't be stupid, but also. Don't be this fucking stupid where you're doing everything in front of people. And people will talk when they see weird shit like that. Remember, this is also 1999. Yeah. Like, this is not smartphone era. It's true. <laughs> so, like, this is this is particularly bad. It's a different mindset. Yeah, we didn't have the cameras. Like, it, it was back then, it was like, no one saw it. <laughs> just look over your shoulder. <laughs> I'm just shut a man, <laughs> and I don't even care. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's right um yeah so uh yeah this is i mean zach's in the back of the car this is what you're talking about he's just like yeah i wish i was nicer to my mom i, I wish i'd learn how to play guitar and it's really it's kind of sad everybody's just sitting there knowing his fate well, at least justin timberlake is. yeah and justin timberlake keeps trying to reassure him and just keep the conversation going and this is unfortunately where technology uh, as i had mentioned much earlier uh rears its ugly head because yeah. Uh, you ever seen Seinfeld? Yeah. You know when they're driving in his Saab? Yeah. And the background is kind of shaking. <laughs> yeah. Shaking around. It's not quite in sync with the steering wheel pantomime and stuff. Michael Richards is pissed when people mess up their lines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's every episode. That's Jesus. every recording. <laughs> His bloopers are hard to get through. He's a very serious actor. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle just did a perfect physical impression of, of Kramer's movement. He is the Olivier of comedic acting, yes. And he really is a serious actor. Yeah. Um, actually, an evergreen alum. Oh, really? <laughs> he went to my college, yes. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, are we at the point where he's okay now, or, or is he still, like, not cool? Who? Michael Richards. Oh, I don't think he is. I don't think he ever made it back. Okay. I've, I don't know. I don't keep tabs on He got canceled thing. before that was a thing. Before that was... Yeah, he totally did. Anyway. Have you seen that video? I have. It's <gasps> really bad. Wow. It's real bad. Wow. Yeah, you have to try to, to fuck up that badly. Get, get through it, I dare you. Like, try to watch it from front to end. It's like a minute and a half long. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like you got... You, you got you gotta stop. Oh. You, you gotta shut up. <laughs> to quote Kramer, you gotta shut up. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, what I was getting at here is the uh, the green screen, um, the day for night. Yeah. Of the desert as they're driving in this SUV is horrendous. It's pretty bad. It is awful. Yeah. And there's even like a a wide shot of them driving down the road that's day for night. Yeah. It's like. That ain't night. That is not like that. That is that is daytime footage with a blue filter on it, <laughs> like, and it's like weird. Serenity now. <laughs> it's like weirdly low res too. Yeah, it's very hard to see. There's all these like blotchy spots on the like yeah. on the finished film. It's like that's the kind of artifacting that I get on my my home computer mm -hmm. when I try to render things that are punching above its weight. Not things that find their way into Hollywood fucking films starring Bruce Willis. It's a different time. Yeah, it it's it's really bad, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, it, it is took, just it is distracting. It was. I mean, we each have our things that take us out of movies. This wasn't one of those for me. I, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that because for me, I, I just I'm like, <laughs> like, like I'm just look looking at these actors, these young talented actors, give these pretty it's solid performances so like really good performances especially Anton Yelchin yeah. 
And the whole time I'm just looking out the window, <laughs> like looking at that that shitty fucking day for night desert. <laughs> well, they they managed to convince like like the reality setting in, and Zach's like kind of piecing it together. He's like, no one's picking me up. They're saying they're gonna take him home. He's going back. The but, timing of it's pretty. It's a really well put together scene, aside from the green screening, yeah. because they park at the rock formation, and uh, they get out of the vehicle, and there's a it's incredibly long like they stretch it out to build the tension mm-hmm. um and to also really put a finger on exactly how innocent and how un- unfortunate this this the fate of this character is it's really yeah it's really sad uh, is what it is because it was so preventable um but it, meanwhile bruce willis is also like make the call like yeah. call him to stop this thing it's, yeah it, it took that long to get the fucking kid out to the payphone or whatever to make a call to call off elvis basically call off the dogs but um they march him up to this rock formation and they tell they tell zach that we're going to hand you off to someone else who's going to drive you home mm-hmm. um and what tips him off that something's wrong is keith is with them by the way i love when they get back to the hotel or whatever and he just marches through the door and he says i fell <laughs> <laughs> like, he's he's really unhappy when he gets back because he had to help dig the hole mm-hmm. quote hole uh, but he just walked in, i fell <laughs> but, but um he can't hide his emotions he is deeply disturbed and upset and he runs up and he gives zach a hug mm-hmm. and he just can't get any words out and he ends up like running back to the the car basically yeah. And it, I think it's at that point that zach realizes like oh there's no there's no one over the hill um and he starts crying like like he starts crying like a teenager like like it feels very real feels very sincere it's not like overly big or theatrical it's just like he hits a certain tone that it it, it makes you feel thing no uh-huh. and then the whole time justin timberlake keeps reassuring him like over and over and over again that it's like it's fine i would never you're my bro like i would never do anything to hurt you bro mm-hmm. let's go over this hill into the fucking desert where there's going to be a car waiting for you and some strange person to take you home. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but then we get to the the hole. We yeah. we we he kind of nudges him along up up this hill. Um, good fucking god, the soundstage. <laughs> Kyle, I'm sorry. There's it, goo. Uh, it it they just he's turning into Orson Welles. Um, it's it's like. A reused set from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Yeah, like it just, it's like it's bad for your final set piece. Yeah, it's really bad, especially when the performances are there, and and we have these close-ups of Anton Yelchin's head floating in space with this blotchy, pixelated black sky. <laughs> yes, the the set is not great, but he does like when he gets up to the top and he sees the holes in the shovel and he just starts to freak out like it's real now and this is so sad just the 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 where he has to tape him up it's it's kind of heartbreaking like yeah i'm gonna tape you up your wrists now take up your wrists i'm not gonna do anything to hurt you bro i'm just gonna tape up your wrists jt's doing a good job like yeah. he's, he's he's like now we gotta tape up your mouth bro tape up your mouth and then it, it's terrible this is kind of funny but elvis is just kind of like sitting there <laughs> on the rock kind of watching this and then after he tapes him up he just kind of like Walks over, picks up a shovel, and just whacks him over the head. Yeah, in the back of the head. Yeah. He's losing his nerve, and he's just like, all right, let's get this going. And then, yeah, he just blasts this kid with an Uzi. Yeah, weapon of choice. Uzi. 
Yeah, like a Mac 10. You, you got you got to open up on him with a Mac fucking 10. Like, Closed casket, motherfucker. Like, that's that's pretty shitty. Yeah. And he hits him in the fucking forearm and yeah, shit. He like, torso... I think he gets a headshot, but he, like, just torso shoots Well, it's only him. because of the muscle climb. It, yeah. yeah, it's only because of the climb of the thing. <laughs> like, he would, he pointed it at his elbow. Oh, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. It's it's really unfortunate. I, want, I actually want to say that, like, I, I haven't researched it but i wouldn't be surprised if the the impact points were real like, yeah like they've referenced the case file i wouldn't be surprised yeah because it's so it's so sloppy yeah and, and so it's like fuck. what would you expect from these people <laughs> from a from a not even a hired gun but just a, a friend of a low-level pot dealer named elvis i'm almost <laughs> positive he doesn't know how to read like i i put money on elvis it. can't read. He, can't, he can't read <laughs> so yeah kid's dead <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> trying to soften the blow. It's, it's really painful. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but then we get the interview with the mom, Olivia, after all this. Yeah, so re- remember all these interviews take place some number of years after the fact. Um, so everybody seems to be worse for wear. Um, and in her case, she put on a lot of weight. And even the way she's dressed suggests maybe... Maybe they divorced, and from a financial standpoint, like she's not looking as well off as she was. I think she was committed. I wouldn't be surprised. I think she was committed because she said she tried to kill herself a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's. Uh, I'm not positive if this is good or not. Like from an acting standpoint, from a performance standpoint, um, she's wearing uh, like prosthetic. Yeah. yeah, prosthetics on her face to give her jowls and like a thicker neck and stuff. So she's supposed to be a lot considerably heavier um and just not as well made up. And also this footage like across the board, this was a good idea. Um has a a filter put on it to make mm-hmm. it grimier. Um and it really helps sell the the makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it look like less makeupy, I guess. It makes it look more naturalistic, but um, it's basically just a, a monologue, like where she's talking to a silent uh, reporter of some sort or an interviewer, um, and she's just talking about how when her son died, when her youngest son died, uh, she basically died, mm-hmm. and and uh, she's kind of she's borderline manic, where she her facial expressions convey a sense of like she's trying to laugh it off, but you can tell that like the the hurt is still there it's still real Mm -hmm. Um, she has she probably never will move on from this incident Uh, as kyle had said she was probably committed she attempted suicide a few times but yeah i'm not positive if if this is a praiseworthy acting moment um but it's a few minutes of screen time where sharon stone like basically has a, a a big monologue it's a it is a big acting moment but i'm not positive if it's good or not yeah i don't know i i don't i can't put myself into that character's position to where i would be like this off like she's been through a lot so i'm not entirely sure either yeah it's it's difficult to say um but this is where she kind of mentions it's like it's a different world like she's talking about the drug there's like it's a completely different world she's like my son was killed over twelve hundred dollars which is bananas yeah I, i think that regardless of how it's conveyed that bit of dialogue was really important to the mm-hmm. movie. It was. Like, to really hammer home how tragic it was and how fucking stupid. St- so stupid. Again, that's my rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, that's my rent. It's, yeah. it's $1,200. That's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So uh, Dominique Swain comes up to Frankie's house, and she's like, they found him, basically. They found the, the boy. And he's like, oh, fuck, man. That's messed up. Oh, man. Yeah. I had no idea. That's I, really fucked. Word. <laughs> I dropped him off. I, I can't believe it happened. <laughs> yeah. So he is so nonchalant about it and, and so unwilling to confront anything about it. Yeah. She's just like, you better get a good lawyer. And he's like, fuck you. Like, dude, you're, yeah, you're fucked, dude. Uh, and then Elvis goes... Elvis has no friends, apparently, because they're they're looking for him. And he goes to Vincent's place. And this is where he found out. He's like, use my mom's car. Like, you have any idea what I've been through because of this. Um, and they end, up, they end up catching him. I was like, why do people run from the police? I'm like, in his position? I Yeah, I would probably run. Yeah, no, he, he is backed into a corner. He, I said it before, he's got no place else to go. He's got no place else to go. <laughs> um, I did like that Vincent doesn't even, like... he. Like, can't even look at him. He's no. just like looking away, and like, fr- like Elvis is putting hands on him and like trying, trying to like. Fuck off. He's just like, I can't even touch you. I can't even look at you. I, I, I want. I know where this is going, and it's just better for me if I don't involve myself any further. If I have a friend that does anything with a fifteen-year-old boy, kill him. Anything else? Anything. We're, we're done. Don't talk to fifteen-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> just don't. There's no reason. There's nothing to be gained. From There's it. nothing to be gained, <laughs> unless they're of blood relation. <laughs> there is nothing to be gained nothing from socializing with fifteen-year-olds. Nothing. Uh, yeah, dude. Fuck Ooh, off. deep insights about the world. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, I got a legit laugh out of uh, uh, Johnny and Angie's disguise. Oh. I think this might be the cut where we get to them next. It's them yeah. at the car dealership. Fuck. His bleach blonde hair. And he his looks son. like Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they go to this used car. This used car dealer is a scumbag. This guy is gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, he comes up, he's like, uh, he's like, I want to trade this car for that. And he's like, let's go get you a loan application. Like, you mother, you scum, you fucking scum. <laughs> you make me sick. I used to work for a used car dealership. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Scum. Around this time. Okay. <laughs> Things I didn't know. Um, but it doesn't say where they are, but uh, they end up in Arizona, I think. They're in Arizona or, or New, New Mexico. Mexico. They're in New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah. Um, I think they drove, I, got, I think they got the car then drove to New Mexico from yeah. there. But yeah. yeah, this is where I kind of like this part um, where they're just kind of hanging out in a, ho- in a motel room and he's just like not really paying attention to anything. She's like, you want a bone? He's like, yeah, we could probably do that. And he can't, he can't get it up, basically. This is a really key scene in the movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because uh, it, it shows what happens when, when the music stops for, for a person who's lived their life in this manner. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, if you're going to do a crime story, this is, these are key scenes that you need to include. Otherwise, you're pulling a Scarface, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fuck your sister and do a lot of blow. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the sister threat. <laughs> the sister fucker, yeah. <sighs> I fuck you. How about that? Uh, <laughs> um, I have to rewatch that. <laughs> Me too. Actually, it I is a fun fucking. Oh, the coke dancing. All her coke dancing. Ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the song, guys. Ooh, ah. And then Tony, yeah, Tony Montana's dancing. It's, it's great, great dancing. Ooh, ah. <laughs> Some of the best movie dancing ever. So much coke dancing. <laughs> um, but, um. This scene is really cool because it, it shows them when there's no more parties to go to. And they have nothing to do. They have, they have no, no connection. No. So, to the point that they just sit in silence on a shitty motel bed. And then she's like, 
do you want to fuck just because i'm bored and there's nothing i there's nothing i can talk to you about because we're not interesting people we're not interesting (laughs) but um there's some really interesting like impressionistic shit that happens here with the filmmaking yeah right i thought it was kind of neat yeah uh there's a couple of tricks that get employed here where it's a really cool effect where Mm -hmm. it is a green screened effect but it's blurred so it it doesn't look bad Mm -hmm. but um she gets on top of him and they try to get going it's not working so she goes under the covers to maybe do something down there yeah um and then the background which is blurred of the he turns his head to look at the far wall and it starts to push towards him the walls are closing in on him walls are literally closing in on him it's it's very it's very on the nose but it's it's a cool effect and and he looks to the other wall and it does the same thing and actually looks pretty cool and it it fits the moment it fits the character i I was applauding that his reality is shattered (laughs) yes yeah he is he yeah i She's like, now she's mad because she really wants, she wants the bone, dude. Well, she, I mean, she did some stuff and it yeah. didn't work out. That, that can be read many different ways. Yes. It's not you. It's, it's me. It, he's a little distracted. <laughs> it's the dead kid that's, that's got me distracted. Um, but yeah, he, he ends up storming off just in the nick of time. Uh, he goes to get some smokes and at that moment, the the Albuquerque police just, just storm, the, storm the motel room and they got her. They got her. Yeah, and he he just goes. I can't whistle, so I would do that. But okay. <laughs> thank you, Kyle. <laughs> can't snap, can't whistle. Can't snap, can't whistle. God damn, you're gonna be a terrible father. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're just gonna be yelling that. Hey, uh, <laughs> out of there. Uh, so yeah, this was the weird part of the movie. I mean, it probably it probably happened in the story. Yeah, in the actual story. But this is like then his buddy. Uh, Lucas Haas just comes yeah. up, uh, and he's just like, yeah, so he just like showed up at my uh, doorstep one day, he's like, I hadn't seen him since middle school, I'm like, whoa, wait a yeah. fucking minute. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I'm like, if if I was around 19, and I had, like, drove to some dude that I knew in middle school that I was close with, it'd be pretty crazy for him to, like, drive me all across the country. And this guy's like, yeah. Twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> he's like, he's my boy, you know? I had to I had to help him I, out. I think it's, like, maybe, like, a parallel to Elvis, like, the dynamic he has with him, where it's just, like, blind loyalty. Um, but, yeah, he, he shows up at this dude's house. This dude has a neck tattoo before that was really a thing, so. Tells you a lot. Yeah. Tells you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, not a, he's not an influencer, so. <laughs> but, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> I hate that word. I know it's it, awful. I, my mood just dropped, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Sunday. I'm trying to get us done before five so we can have the rest of our Sunday, motherfucker. <laughs> so you can get you can cleanse the palate. Yeah, watch but... Alien. That's what I'm gonna do. Scarface <laughs> or Pandorum. It's, it's between. It's something. In sp- I'm going to space tonight. That is going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to space tonight. Um, but yeah, Lucas Haas drives him to. I think it was initially the Canadian, the the Mexican he, he goes border, to the Mexican border, and then for... he wants to go to the Canadian border. That's a lot of fucking driving. That's a lot of driving. I mean, we we didn't have five dollar gas back then, but no. you know, <laughs> but um, yeah. Apparently, Johnny had a freak out. Like he he was psychologically just freaking out and didn't want to cross the border into Mexico, so he asked nicely can we go up to canada and apparently they did but he freaked out again so he ended up going to grandpa's house back in california yeah 
God damn. Like, yeah. uh, what did you guys talk about that whole time? You should have gone to Canada. Uh, <laughs> just go to the cold weather. They're never going to find you. No, I mean, just, like, get a hotel or a motel and leave. People don't vacation like that in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no, as the driver. Just, yeah. like, just fuck this. Like, no, nobody is worth this. Well, he also tells him, he's like, stay here, I'll be right back. He's like, I'll be right back. And then his grandfather takes him in, he's like, bye. Yeah, and, and, then, our, and then our movie ends yeah. as Harry Dean Stanton is, is taking him over his shoulder and ushering him uh, yeah. back in his home. And there's also an interview, like the conclusion of the interview with Bruce Willis. Yeah. And Harry Dean Stanton walks into the room and they both claim uh, that uh, Johnny, Johnny True Love is currently on the run which is why they're interviewing all these people years after the fact mm-hmm. um so they they both claim to have no idea of his whereabouts yeah um and the actual conclusion of the movie is johnny true love in paraguay yeah we have to get through paraguay paraguay uh we have to talk about uh, everybody's sentencing yeah uh, tico fernando vargas's character I got nine years in prison. And his only involvement, according to the film, was initially taking him. That's the only time we really see him in the movie. Yeah, that tells you a lot of what's going to happen to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bit when they kick his door open. He just... Yeah. He's just on the couch. He just puts his hands up. What? He's like, what? <laughs> he probably forgot about it, honestly. I'm, I mean, he strikes me as yeah. so sorry. Who? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> Um, and then Keith, who I believe was a juvenile, because his little yeah. thing said that he was in custody as a juvenile for like five or six years or something like yeah. that. Um, he was able to get out when he was like 25, maybe. Or he was, he could get out when he was like 25. Uh, Frankie received a life sentence. Um, yeah. As was promised. Yeah, your morals didn't really, your uh, moral ambiguity didn't really help you out there, bud. Uh, that is actually interesting, like like when you look at his characterization throughout the film. Where mm-hmm. It's like, there there is that midpoint where he seems like the most, having the most moral integrity of all the characters, but then by the end of it, it's like, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, it was like, well, I'm either going to have this person after me, or this person after That was the other thing, was like, Jake is also going to be after them. It's like, he's kind of backed into a corner at this point. Um, Elvis is on death row. Fuck that dude. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he's still on death row. I don't think he's been. Uh, I don't think he's been executed yet. Um, and then yeah, we get the the Johnny scene. I I kind of love it. I don't. I didn't need to see them capture him. I I actually really love this end scene. Yeah. Um, he's got this uh this blonde. He's kind of got like a blonde hair. It doesn't even. It kind of doesn't even look like him very much because he's shaved. He looks yeah. like a completely different person. Uh, and he's just like walking down the street. And he kind of gets like a, a look from a lady. And then you just see this guy with sunglasses smoking a cigarette, and then it just freeze frame. It's a yeah. Let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> I, it'd be kind of nice to see, but I'm like, it's kind of perfect that they just leave it at that. Yeah, it's just a freeze frame ending, and apparently he was picked up by Interpol. Yeah. Which I don't know if they have the best reputation, but but you know <laughs> they did a thing. <laughs> uh, so he was actually caught in 2005, and when this was filmed, he hadn't been sentenced yet. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, but he he got a life sentence as well. I mean. Obviously. I hope so. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> it's kind of crazy that I'm like I figured Elvis would be on, uh, would get life, but I'm like you kill a kid in California at least at the time that's death row. Like you get put to. I mean premeditated in the extreme too. Ooh, like yeah. he had, he had a whole day. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, the attorney's like a shovel. He had a shovel. They were going to murder this kid. No, yeah, they had a shovel. They dug a hole. Like <laughs> yeah, no, he he deserved that mm. for sure. <laughs> the only one I really feel bad for is Keith. Like, it, it just seemed like 
wrong crew. It was, it, this is like for his, his story is just like wrong crowd, dude. You you were hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah, wrong wrong crowd. I mean, he he still made some decisions along the way that probably didn't have to be made. Yeah, like he, he again could have not participated. Like he could have said, "No, I'm not watching the the, the abductee." No, <laughs> like, fuck that. that. I mean, shit, just go to someone else's house and play Xbox, like, honestly. Like, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that he is, I guess, an unfortunate victim in it, but still involved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was Alpha Dog. Yeah. Directed by Nick Cassavetes from 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. That was a fun watch, Kyle. Yeah, glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Like I said, all I knew about it, I didn't even know what it was about. I'd just seen some commercials in 2006 mm-hmm. and didn't think very much of it but yeah. when I watched it I was like yeah this 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 is a movie about really dumb people doing dumb things and if you can if you can remove yourself from it if you can manage to not get too involved with the characters and just observe it rather than you know be overly judgmental from moment to moment it's fascinating <laughs> it, 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 it's actually a pretty well put together movie so it's Something totally off my radar, but yeah, we watched it. One bad. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other uh, Catching Up on Cinema content, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias, on the Instagram at Catching Up on Cinema, as well as the Twitter at Catching Cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. And the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Cephalopod. So fucking google it google it that being said thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time hi i'm kyle let's do that again okay sorry were you not ready (laughs) there was a squeak and a burp (laughs) double pipe classic